Welcome back to WTF in Vanadil with Spicy and the Fox Danger. And this time we are going to be talking about not what we promised last time because uh, some things <laughs> happened again. <laughs> some things happened. And uh, you see what happened was, uh, yeah, the best job in the game needs uh, a massive undertaking here to discuss appropriately. And, uh, you know, need to line other things up here in the stars. So it's so massive and so in need of all the hands here on deck that we have to wait again, maybe forever, who knows? But uh, hopefully, hopefully we can get it going and uh, one way or another, hell or high water, we'll, we'll, we'll do that thing. You see, guys, we're just making sure that our podcast is girthy enough for you. So especially when we have this, uh, this incredible job lined up. So yeah, not even we can handle our own girth. That is correct. So instead, tonight... We need, we need yet a third hand in here. <laughs> They're going some weird Dutch rudder place I don't want to follow. Sorry to the Dutch for being so what we got going on after such an act. Uh, <laughs> tonight we're going to be talking about... Not sorry, I guess the Dutch probably be okay with that. They're, they're pretty cool. Tonight we're going to be talking about the new player experience. What you do on the way to 99. What you do if you're casual. Just, you know, in general, something that we see all the time, and I'm sure everyone sees all the time, if you look at any discussion board for any length of time on this game, is, I want to come back to the game, or I want to join the game, what do I do? Or, I got 99, what do I do? Or, hi, I'm 119, that's enough, right? What's next? Yeah, a pretty common question that we end up getting is, what's the jumping off point uh, from, or I guess jumping in point is a better way of saying it, uh, from where they are or were um, back into the game as it stands now in 2020? Uh, moving into 2021 and it, it's really confusing like it's hard to it, whenever i go to answer this question it's hard to like really set a baseline for somebody because without access to their account to see where they're physically at like it's it's kind of something that requires a lot of context to get into well there is no one single jumping off point so when i did the yeah. one to 119 guide i took basically how i saw it and how i would do it and you don't have to do it that way but i think it's a pretty comprehensive way to tackle the game and get into it especially there's so much and you're talking about almost 20 years of game here so there's a lot of stuff piled up and a lot of stuff piled up and a lot of stuff that not even anyone remembers anymore so you kind of might miss out and never even know it i guess what you really got to do is ask yourself what you want out of the game yourself and uh, uh, so i think sometimes a lot of people like come into this game with certain expectations like we've talked about before and before they well, yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about people like coming in from 14 and stuff like that and like seeing it's a different game experience and all that good jazz. But um, I, I think part of the, the problem is, is that they're jumping into an MMO and they like the idea of playing an MMO, but they don't know this MMO in particular. So I think that's where they're like, I hear you get levels and there's gear. Um, here's a guide. Hopefully I can read this. And, and there's like a lot of confusion that surrounds that sort of thing. So yeah, that's kind of the approach that I wanted to, to take on this is, you know, what are you working with? And more importantly, what are you trying to get out of it? How much girth can we put into this? You know, how much girth? So it's not just, you know, we're fossils, Fox. I mean, not literally yet, Yeah, but we would just turn to dust. We wouldn't even make a fossil, but we're from an older gaming era here. So we've grown up with different games and that shaped our views and expectations versus, newer players who were not even younger but just who might even be getting into gaming in some weird aspect found this game 
And maybe, you know, you've come even shortly after this game. World of Warcraft's old, but that really is very... I've never played it, but I know enough about it to say that it's very different from Eleven and shape people's expectations differently and has a lot to do with how 14 was made more than how Eleven shaped 14, which you could just say maybe it's an homage to Eleven at best. But I think that newer era, whether it's mobile gaming, other the, the way gaming and MMOs, especially MMOs, have changed uh, overall is there's a lot of different expectations. And Eleven, I would say, I don't know about other MMOs, but Eleven is in a very unique position where a lot of its players are older and not just age-wise, we're talking veteran-wise. I mean, some people started playing this game when they were 10 years old and now they're even <laughs> close to 30 or whatever. I mean, or some people started playing it for half as long and they're still in their 20s and some people are in their 50s and 60s but there's a veteran population in this game that i think still makes up the core of the game so there's a big you know standoff sometimes between veteran players and new players or even returning players who might as well just be considered new players at this point so and then like a lot of times those veterans don't even know what we're confirming either because i i don't know about you man but i can't remember the last time i could confirm that an actual new person started playing this game uh, I think it happens. I think especially during the Rona, I, I think a new player found this game for the first time. And I think it's kind of like the worst kept secret that no one knows about. I mean, this this is a very unique game. So people do tend to find it. Maybe they found it through 14. Maybe they just played a different Final Fantasy title. They found it. People do find it. Oh, boy, if you need to waste time during the Rona, this is the game for you. Rona ain't going away just yet. There's just so much to do. So, yeah. yeah. That's why there's no one single jumping off point here, because personally, I like as a new player not blissing to the end. And I think one of the most prevailing schools of thought that you see, because it's so visible, not because it is the most dominant or the right or wrong way, is everyone just kind of skips through all their levels, goes right to the end game and just kind of want to jump into the deep end of the pool there. And I'm very not jumping in the ocean kind of on your first day at the beach kind of guy. Yeah, it's really not that cool at the end, um, I guess is the best way to put it. Like, I love this game, right? And I like doing endgame stuff that I do. But I, I was talking to Spicy about this before we actually got on here. Like, I, I just did yet another Aeonic run today. And nothing exceptional really came from it. Like, we just showed up. We were awesome dudes who did awesome damage. And then, like, we moonwalked out of Ryzen Jima. Like, like there, there wasn't, like, too much to the run. And it, it's it's not the same as, like, when you experience something like that for the first time. And uh, that, that, that's where I'm, I'm with you on this, man. Like, I, I, I think if people just, like, slow down and just experience things, they would have a, uh, a much more positive experience in the game. Especially since talking to you more, and not that you caused or anything, I've always kind of had an inclination to do it, but I've always gravitated towards making builds around certain weapons, not building your character to use the best weapon. So a dagger, yeah. a dagger like my Gondring now, I'm, I'm still working on getting RP for. And I missed Friday, didn't I? I guess I didn't leech, whatever. <laughs> so missing that RP out, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot it was even... No, I was on Thief, thanks. Ah, uh, well, I wouldn't have been there anyway, but I forgot it was even a thing yesterday, so there you go, good thing. But I like something like Gondring on Thief. Uh, you know, it's not the best DPS dagger. It's never going to be the best DPS dagger, but it's got a nice evasion path with TP granted when you have evasion, or Tizona on blue gives you MP, even if it wasn't the best weapon, which it isn't always the best, but for all intents and purposes since R15, it is very dominant. That's a weapon that before wasn't at times, and getting an MP back on blue is game-changing. Or even, you know, I don't play Ninja, but the mythic weapon with all the enmity and everything, 
yeah, I'm sure that's not the best weapon. As far as I remember, it's not the best TD weapon, but you can shape a lot around that and do things with your job that you couldn't normally do. And I don't want to just punch things in the face at a certain point after a million <laughs> years. I kind of want to do different things. And it excites me more than, hi, I won the parse. I, I don't care. You know, what, now that you, you mentioned that about like the Gizona and stuff like that, it was kind of like comes into what I was talking to you before the podcast. Um, I, I have a ton of Remas. Like the Remas aren't anything really special to me. I guess they do stuff, right? But um, not having a Tezona is one of the things that keeps me off blue for whatever reason. And I really want to play the job, but I just can't justify it without going through the mythic process. And I think, uh, and the only reason I'm mentioning this is I, I think this is the mindset that a lot of people have when approaching jobs in general and why they think they need to like go after that Rima so hard. So I can't really put my finger on why I feel that that's the case. And I've been fine in content where I've gone blue. Like it's otherwise pretty well geared. But um, it, it's just an example of, of something where uh, I, I feel like it kind of detracts not having that piece that I, I know would be able to build around and, and have a lot of fun building around, too. Yeah, Paladin's in the case, too, because shields on Paladin, you build around different yeah. shields for different things. and Yeah, that's that's absolutely huge on Paladin, for sure. Like, I can't wait to... I, I should be getting my Servasta soon, and uh, I'm actually wanting to play around with the plus HP build on that. That's what I did with the Psionic Primes. Carrot just made her Savasta right before I got home. Is she a paladin or is she just going for the cool She wants to be a paladin now. I you know, I don't know. I think she'll have fun with it because if you're playing paladin with the mindset of a white mage, I think you're going to be a very good paladin. I've never seen someone so capriciously so like choose it. so many jobs. First, she was monk as, what should I do next? I said, do monk. And then she was swayed by how great monk is other than me just saying do monk, which is why I said, do monk, and then it was rune fencer <laughs> and apple tree. Just kind of, she's actually the antithesis of how I play the game and the players I like. But I like her a lot. So and now, now it's paladin. Now she got Servasta. Oh, Aegis cost twenty six mil because the bots crashed the price and the campaign just ended on currency. And it's like, okay, yeah. that's great. Now you have an Aegis. Now you have. Oh, I thought I only needed fifty souls. I guess I need twenty five more. Now you have a, a O chain, and now you have Servasta today. So in, in a blink of an eye, she is just done. So she's the antithesis of so, everything I'm talking about here. We're we're already in the weeds, but but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and caution her that the uh, the O chain is uh, is something that you can skip in favor of a pre win. We're only That's a little cool. bit, yeah, in the pre win. There's only we're only a little bit in the weeds here because we're just getting off on a tangent here about mindsets. And yes, the a lot of people here just kind of trying to rush to the end game because unlike maybe Final Fantasy the past, which even at 75, when they would do those little polls of, like, what job, like, what is it, the, the yearly Vana deal? Do they do that every year? It's not every year. It might be the end of the year, too, when they do do it, if they do. A lot of dues. But they would have who has what merits, what jobs are the average person and observer, and, and, you know, they would have, like, long, many years ago, I don't even know if they still do it in their thing, because I remember them doing it during Adeline a while ago, when everyone was playing Monk and Warrior in blue, and they had that reflected there. But they would show who's on the start of the missions for COP, who's in the very end. And it'd be like big charts for the start, which is probably a lot of mules too. And then big charts for everyone to finish it. And in the middle, there'd just be kind of little things. And back when it was kind of like people get hung up on airship or whatever, there'd be a couple spikes on certain ones. But then it'd just be like nothing in the middle. So I think... I don't know. I don't know why. I think the Vanadil census is coming to mind. Like, yes, it, that's the census. The, it's the census. Yes. Um, I don't think they did a census every year. It's not every 10 years for sure, but... But that's what I'm getting at is... <laughs> they've had one. Yeah, <laughs> they've had one. <laughs> they've had more than one. But uh, that's what I was getting at is now even more than ever, there's even a bigger gap of no one kind of in the middle here. So I understand people trying to rush to the end here 
but you don't have to do that. And that's what the tangent there was about. You don't have to do that. And if you want well, to, all power to you. Well, people don't want to play by themselves either. Like, I mean, the, the idea of an MMO is to play with other people, despite what a large portion of it, or actually not even a large portion of the community. I guess that's just a straight up falsehood coming out of my mouth. I honestly don't know what the, uh, the rate of people who multi-box to the rate of people who play individually are, um, but it feels like it's everywhere because they're always like swarming around in force, all dressed up as each other. Um, but I, 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 from what I understand, the idea of getting into an MMO is so that you can play with other people and just be nerds with other people while you, you know, decide to be your own action hero online. Yes, that is the so point with of online social interaction. Yeah, and I mean, I can see people wanting to rush to Endgame if they think that's where all that action is, but I can tell you just from when I came back to the game that that's not the case. And if George Thorogood can drink alone, I'm sure people can play parts of the game alone because a lot of the early parts of the game now, part of the drawback of everything being trust and everything is there's less interaction and you don't get to have that experience like you used to in this game. But the positive is, you can still play the game, still break into the game. If you're casual, you have that freedom now that you've never had with this game before. And that's probably why a lot of people get lost too, is the training wheels are off and they don't have all these people around them that kind of guide them as much because they're just kind of out there in the world fighting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're first coming back into the game also, um, I, I guess it's just kind of designed in such a way now that you put on Sparks gear just to look like something. I mean, it doesn't even really add much to you. I, I'm not even oh. talking about Sparks gear itself. I'm talking about like pre-99 stuff. Uh, like you're just getting stuff from the vendor right so that you're wearing something um which is optional by the way like you can just go naked if you really want to like your trust can carry it wow um, but i mean people probably want more of an experience than just can i pick up these npcs and talk to people and when they're they're first getting back into the game they want to get to end game so that they can or what they think end game is so they can start doing things with other people and there's like other tiers that just aren't explored anymore that we've talked about in other videos too or other podcasts too you wouldn't want to be naked at 50 and have your trust carry i'm sure they could but when you get aggroed by something it's, it's gonna hurt a bit yeah i i don't know i i i whenever there's a dark matter campaign and by the way there is a dark matter campaign coming up guys yeah, um if you have mules yeah, if you have mules, go ahead and get them Rising Gema access because uh, you'll be able to send your gear to your other mules and get more Dark Matter plays that way. So kind of a tip there. But uh, I, I did that over the summer. Um, I got all my mules Rising Gema access so I could play the max Dark Matter uh, campaign. And um, that's pretty much what I did. Like, there, the, like the first time I took a mule through, I did all that stuff that I was talking about before where like I, I did everything like almost level appropriate on a Beastmaster with no sub job just to see if I could. Um, and then, like, as I kept doing it, like, I got tired of the process, and my mules, like, progressively became more and more naked as I let the trust do more and more work. Didn't you play with someone else, too, not just your mules? Well, th that was when I did my mules. Like, when I physically came back to the game, uh, like, three-ish, maybe four years ago, um, that was when I played with my buddy. And I think we mentioned, I mentioned this in, in our very first episode, but, like, uh, when he came onto the game, he wanted to experience the game the way I had, and I told him that wasn't possible anymore. Uh, so what we did was um, I actually leveled my room fencer from uh, level one to 99 or to 119 uh, alongside his Beastmaster. And at every stage of being able to uh, do content, we did content at the level that you did the content originally um, as a duo. And trusts, of course, supplemented, you know, our, our shortcomings there. So we actually had a functional party, but it was a really fun experience. And it's an example of someone coming back to the game getting to learn some mechanics, not all of them, um, about how fights work and getting to do it with someone else, which is, I think, the the clincher because um, not everyone's going to have access to that. But 
uh, getting to experience the game at level appropriate with like level appropriate difficulties um, as you scale up to 99, I think is the best way to do it if you're not in a rush. And I think you'll get the most rewarding experience out of the game that way. See, I don't think it's a rush uh, because the last job I leveled was Rune Fencer, and that was what, four, four, five years ago now. And I leveled that as a duo with Carrot and Truss. And that was the first job I'd leveled in even years. So I haven't leveled a job besides Rune in like the last seven, eight years. <laughs> but yeah, I got to go through, which is partly how I wrote. Because the 1 to 119, while it's updated and I'm still working on it, I need to... I got a lot of things to work on, okay? But I wrote that after also doing that. It was written maybe three, three plus years ago at this point, and it still holds up. But I wrote it shortly after, not too shortly, but a while after doing that on Rune, which is the first time I leveled up in the modern setting that people come back today, and the only time still, and I'm like, wow, it is still very fun to not just blast through this. There is nothing, in my opinion, that you need to rush through this game to do. If your Link Shield needs a Bard, or a Geo, or whatever, don't need it that bad that you're going to go rush through it and just skip everything, unless you don't care, and unless you play the game just to do that kind of thing, then go for it, but I don't you know, it's kind of like the house isn't burning down, so why are you acting like it's burning down? It's still the mileage is still going to vary from player to player, though. There are some players who just want to be the man online, you know, and they all have to start somewhere. So they all have that uh, that starry eyed look in their on their face while they uh, you know have pay people to do content for them and stuff. And I mean, if if that's the game they want to play, I, I'm going to default to the whole it's your subscription, man. Um, I just think you're kind of cheapening your own experience by missing out on some stuff that could potentially be fun just by auto-ruling it out that way. And I feel like those people burn out the quickest because this game is in maintenance mode. And while there is stuff still coming and stuff down the pike and, and so on, uh, you, there, there's no point of rushing to a game that is not going to keep pace with the pace you're going. Because you're going to hit a wall and eventually one day you're going to get bored or burn out or whatever. And that's just that's how it works. Uh, you know, there's no... There's no real reward in having everything and, and getting all the fake internet points and, and all that. But nonetheless, let's go on. So if you were a new player, Fox, what nation would you pick? I know what I'd pick, and I know what one I'd want to pick, and I know what one's the best one to pick. What would you pick? So I would once again pick Sandoria. Um, the only reason for that, and this is from a meta standpoint as well as a non-meta standpoint, from the meta standpoint of me understanding the game from where it is, uh, Sandoria is actually a really good hub when it comes to its proximity to like everything else. And um, everything is, is pretty close together in it. Um, there isn't a whole lot of running around. Uh, Port Sandy is, you know, its own evil, as Spicy knows. <laughs> I was going to say, we um, talked about me yeah. getting lost in Port Sandy Port, for an entire day. Port Sandy might be the actual devil. But if you if you put Port Sandy aside, because you don't have to go there. Port Sandy is still <laughs> um, a good zone. Uh, you, you have a lot of... Uh, yeah... It's not no, but confusing. I mean, all, all, all three zones have really good access to... God. <laughs> You'll be all right, man. Just show me on the doll where it touched you. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, it's not a hard zone. Like, all the zones have <laughs> areas where you can level up and just do, like, low-level things to kind of get the feel for the job you're on. So Sandy's great there. Uh, like I said, it's compact. Uh, you don't really have to guess where... Um, any of the special locations are like, I mean, it's pretty obvious that if you walk into the castle, like to do rank three stuff, that's where you should go. Um, the only other, the only other place that I feel, feel is built that way is uh, Windhurst. Um, but the problem with Windhurst is everything is so fucking spread out <laughs> that uh, I could see someone actually getting lost in that zone as a new player. So that's the only reason I wouldn't pick that one in particular. 
I yeah, I agree. Sandy is the best starter city. There's you I mean if you like Bastok, you could do Bastok, but I mean there's merits to taking that one too. It, it's got conveniently located things, but I think Sandy's the best starter city based on NPC selling locations, home points, auction house, uh, everything around that that you have to do. Whether it's the Abyssia Warp or anything, it's it's very convenient. The only other thing that could take the cake would be if Juno had better NPC locations or something. But that's not a starter city, of course. I would pick Windhurst because I like Windhurst. But yeah, o- overall, it, like Windhurst has like the better. It feels like it has the better storyline most of the time. But that could just be me thinking about. Uh, I think it does. Again. I uh, don't like Sandy's storyline, and, and I never cared about Bastok's. And I, I like Windhurst missions the best out of all the three nations, and in the past as well. What I will tell you though is that uh, when I did um, that on one of my mules, like like I said over the summer. Um, I did the rank missions, and so it's part of getting the Rise and GMAX access. And running up that tree got so repetitive after a while. Yeah, that's the one. Like zoning in and running up. Yeah, it's actually one of my favorite zones though in this game. And I wish we had more reason to use certain zones like that because that is just a cool. And the music's awesome, and it's it's just a very oh, that's like the best zone yeah. of this whole game is Heaven's Tower. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it's uh, they they really poured a lot of work into some of their their old architecture in the game. Um, the only other thing that I think really compares to it is like maybe the Cassandorian Cathedral, but like look at the look at the scale and scope between the two, and Heaven's Tower just blows that away. Yeah. Like I, I don't see anything similar to that in Bastok. I mean, I guess you can ride an elevator if you're really into that, but those get super annoying. Okay, so now you've picked I mean, your there's, nation. There's home points now. People can just walk. Well, yeah, you picked your nation. Yeah. We're not going to go into how to level. There's if you go to BG and put in exp guide you'll find a list of camps and it's always kind of growing sometimes here and there of where you can go and level and you know we're not going to do the episode on leveling your job in different camps but uh if you know you started in sandy or whatever because best city or winders because it's the most fun or bestock because you're different and you know you get to level five you want to unlock your trust and frankly you want to find your way around if you haven't played this game before yeah, so are you talking about like branching out and like trying to make it to Juno or Well, no, there? because in one to one nineteen I say just go to Juno by using the ROE warp. So basically if you're a new player, you level and wherever you choose to and you focus on trusts at level five and wherever you get them after that, and then just focus on ROE objectives the whole time while you level so you can do like the warping around to save you a lot of time because yes you're going to travel this this world and it's going to take time more time than it will later and there's a lot to see and and it, i won't say it cheapens the experience to warp to a certain place but you kind of want to save a lot of time and you can still you're still going to go through those areas anyway in general yeah like you're, you're just going to run through Juggernaut forest and get frustrated by tigers because nothing else has movement speed up to that point so like if you're starting from sandy you wander into that forest and you're like oh cool a tiger oh god no and uh, that's when you you know you start your walk from Sandy again. Uh, then I, I I told you and once I got stuck in Juno at level eight on Black Mage. Did I ever finish that story? <laughs> I don't think so, man. So this is fun. along the lines of Jugner Forest, since you mentioned it, and the Black Mage. And I liked when I was a new player. I liked exploring everywhere because I'm cool like that. And I had gone my way through Gelshba Outpost and died and asked my Link Shell for 50 minutes for a raise so I could keep walking through the zone instead of having to... I was My home point was in, in Sandy. I didn't have any reason not to just save all the time. So I, I laid in the ground for 50 minutes hoping someone come raise me. No one raised me, because why would you waste your time? And I got lost in Gelshba, died eventually because a level 8 black mage with no sub-job. Yeah, no sub-job. 
uh, is not going to get very far in that zone on the higher level. Those bombs are in like the teens. But yeah, if not level 30, yeah. After that, home pointed and wandered my whole way without getting aggroed through Lothane Plateau, Jugner Forest, uh, ran along the walls, didn't have any tigers attack me. Wandered all the way up to Juno. And I'm like, awesome, I got to Juno. I set my home point in Port Juno. It wasn't Port Juno, it was Upper Juno. But I like wandered around, got to Port Juno. I'm like, oh, let me set my home point here while I'm at it. And yes, uh, level 8 Black Mage, no warp, no ability to get to your home nation. There was no book at that point. Uh, someone came in, they go, I'll just teleport you back. Because I kept trying to walk back and kept dying. So I made, no. it, I made it there without dying. And then I got there and just died. I walked into Saramog Champagne. I've never been to Windurst. I'm like, so where's Windurst at? <laughs> I think she told me it's that way through Saramog and I'm like okay and I got the Saramog and kept dying I'm like everything keeps killing me and they're like why and I'm like um, I don't know and they looked at me and like you're level 8 in Saramog I'm like yeah they go well it's cause that's why you're getting killed and I go well I can't go back they go go level up and I'm like well I can't go back to level up because I'm stuck in Juno <laughs> and someone joined like they invited me to the party and they tried to teleport me out they couldn't the, the person teleported and I stayed there and had no effect because I never clicked the crystal on the way through. Nope. So they couldn't teleport me out. They <laughs> Someone came and detoured me, sent me right back to Juno. I had to have a paladin oh, personally escort me all the way back to Ronfer because, uh, yeah, and I like the paladin was like level 50-something at that time, so he just had rays. And like if you tried to fight things with your sword at level 50, it still took a long time because it was old days. And... They have to like they'd have to rest to raise me because I would die like a tiger would aggro me and they would get it but I would still die before because it's one hit and the tiger kills you. Yep. So they invoke it or whatever and the tiger's got movement speed to so still kill me and I had to get walked all the way back. It took like an hour and a half or something. So just yeah, teleport. Just teleport. It'll be okay. I was gonna say like level eight, no movement speed. Like you you guys got to know that uh, there's no mounts or anything. Like, he can't even get on a chocobo if any of you guys even know how to buy a chocobo nowadays. Like, he, he had none of these options. So, like, if he's asking on how to get to Winters from Port Juno, like, literally the answer is it's an hour of your time in that direction. Yeah, they because said... Because that's how long it takes without... They said without change moving. jobs and rent a chocobo and run out. And I go, I can't. I don't have a chocobo license. This is my highest job. So, I would say, with that said, um, my next step would probably be to get as much mobility as I can. Um, if I were just coming back to the game. Yeah, because you can unlock mounts once you get your Chocobo license, which is why you want to do, what is it? In order to join a Unity, you have to have level 5, which is obvious. But you have to complete 10 different RE objectives, which, you know, you just go into your quest log there and flag those. There's different ones you'll do easily. And at that point, you know, you'll be on your way and you can just get to Juno and skip to getting that, that Chocobo license in the mount. And once you have that, that'll... That'll save you a lot of time and a lot of frustration. And you don't cheapen the experience, in my opinion, by having a mount to go through places because it still takes a lot of time. Yeah, that's one of the few things that they should have actually had in the game the entire time. Uh, it was always such horseshit, like needing to take a chocobo somewhere, like if you didn't have the outpost warp for it, you know, that's dating us again. Um, but like if you had to chocobo in a direction and then like all of a sudden you forgot something and had to go back, like you better hope you had your warp cudgel on you or at least a scroll of warp or something. Because once you got off that chocobo, there was no getting back on it. <laughs> and you either had to walk the rest of the way to where you needed to go, or you had to warp back, or you had to like find somewhere you could creatively die, depending on the level of the zone, in order to make that run again. So sometimes like like people complain about the gather time for events now, but like once upon a time, it used you just used to take you like 30 minutes to even like get to the gather time for the event, especially if it was something like Sky. 
you know, when I finally got my chocobo license, I was still mad about the tigers killing me and Jugner and stuff on the way back all that time ago. So when I finally got to 20 or whatever and got my chocobo license, which someone from my link show had to help me because I was clueless, I uh, go... Oh, and you, you should be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no, there was no wiki or anything to check back at that point in the game because it was just when the Xbox launched and you had like some page, but I didn't have a computer next to me to go like, hold on, let me pull my phone out or let me have a laptop, have a laptop next to me to pull out to look up stuff. You'd have to like, okay, leave the room, go get the computer and, and look stuff up and you wouldn't know what you're looking for because, you know. But I, I got my chocobo and I went to Jugner and I'm like, cool, it says attack, my chocobo will fight. And I ran to the tiger and I clicked attack <laughs> and I got off my chocobo. And I go, wait. <laughs> and I almost died. This is, this is before Final Fantasy fourteen, also. And I almost died because I thought my chocobo would kick its ass. Chocobos do not fight. Oh, they should fight, but they do not fight. Okay. I remember for a long time people thought that there was going to be like a chocobo night class that would come out. Yeah. And it just never did. Right at the time mage. Well, they just wanted to fight with their chocobo so badly. I remember Wings of the Goddess came out and like they had like the different colored chocobos that they were focusing on because like chocobo breeding had come around. And like the whole Chocobo Night thing rose up again. They're like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna release Chocobo Night. Remember the and story they released when they released release those like they actually happened. put time and resources into making like lore stories and they had like they would make monthly announcements randomly but like in the middle between updates, or whatever. It'd be like the tale of the white chocobo or whatever, and they like make art for it and they actually have legitimate art they created and they make a whole backstory to like white chocobo wandering Pashow or something, and then like, oh man, they're doing it. What? I don't remember this. You don't remember that? I remember exactly. No, I remember oh, exactly dude. when Mog tablets are coming out. They had like the story of the white chocobo because it was in the play online news feed back when that mattered. Oh, that that must be it because I never actually looked at the play online news feed. I used to always look at it. Like I, I looked at stuff on Alla, and that was it. <laughs> I was well informed. Wow, dude. No, um, I think the only thing I ever went to play online for was there was like this like link shell community thing that they don't do anymore. Where, like, you could see everyone's, like, gear, and, like, I think you could send people messages and stuff, like, based on your link shell. And, like, I remember I was signed up for that for a while, but, like, outside of that, I never used Play Online for anything, except to, like, figure out if there was maintenance for random reasons. If we go into a nostalgia episode, we can go more into the Play Online, because the those chat rooms, though. I, I never experienced that either, dude. I did. I did. So, basically, oh as you go through, I mean, I can't rehash everything here, but if you just, you know, as you're leveling up and going through and getting around the world and taking the advice here and there, you basically, I recommend, because you don't get much out of it if you just go in and face roll everything at 99 or 119 or whatever and just kill stuff that was... Rhapsody's of Vanadil came out at 119, so the fact that they made certain content for level 50s, level 30s, I mean, stuff that was meant to be done as a player to re-enrich your experience so you have something to do when you're, you know, things like Garrison may be gone, which is an event no one has heard of and no one does. Yeah. Oh, man, I did Garrison for the mannequins. That was great. That may be gone and stuff like I, that, but you still have certain things that were built into the game to enhance your experience as a new player that you can only experience as a new player or a lower job going back to try and experience. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you have everything in 99 already, you just can't go do that. Like, I, I could only imagine, like, me and me and Spicy just, like, teaming up and doing Garrison in 2020. Dude, you used to have to have a bard and rest and bring potions? Oh, that just feels gross. Oh, man. Did it for those magic. Like, I would want to experience that as a new player, but be, because I've already done it, like, I wouldn't want to go, go back and do it again, like, no, like, knowing the things that I know now. Like, sometimes I wear the nostalgia glasses, and, like, sometimes I want to, 
I want to go fight like sky gods, like the old way, you know, that, that sort of thing. But then I remember how awful it really was. And I don't have that nostalgia. Yeah. Sometimes it was awful and sometimes it wasn't, but yeah, I, I could see the wariness there. So yeah, basically just go through a lot. More than half of the story in this game was built around level 75s or lower. So if you hit level 85, 90, 90 would be a little high even. If you hit level 80-ish, then you should be able to, with your trust or just solo in general, depending on your job, you should be able to go and do all that 75 content. And it'll still provide you a challenge. You might still even die. Because, I mean, party of level 75 is different than like one level 82 guy. You're going to be higher up with better armor, but it's still going to present you a bit of a challenge. That's how I did it with my buddy when he came back to the game. Or I'm sorry, when I came back to the game and he was a brand new player. Uh, that's 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 what I was that's what I was talking about, where um, he was a Beastmaster. Um, he was Beast Sub White Mage, I think it was like the whole way. And um, yeah, he actually got to do that stuff at the appropriate level. And like he he remembered that it was like somewhat hard. But, like, not everything was, because, I mean, once you familiar stuff on Beastmaster, it kind of gets a little broken. It's just we never used it. Um, and, obviously, nothing was built around Runefencer. Um, yeah. If we had Runefencer back in the day, it would not have been nearly as difficult to do things like, you know, the, the one-to-be-feared fight, 6-4 Promethea, stuff like that. But um, we got to experience it at level appropriate, and I feel like I, feel like I, I had, like, probably the most fun doing that because I'd already experienced it once. So I got to be that veteran guy. Right. But I was also on a job where I could still realistically die. Like I might've been on rune fencer, but like we failed at some things and had to go into the fight again. Um, so it was still somewhat challenging and, you know, we had, we had a really good time doing level appropriate content as, as he was a new player. I, I guess like if you're coming into the game nowadays, you may not have anyone willing to do that with you, which is kind of sad, but just remind people that level sync exists and just say, hey, do you want to do this the fun way? And, you know, go with it from there, just run with it. And if you do level sync, keep in mind pretty much any gear over that level cap, it doesn't scale worth that. The the system they made for level sync is absolutely garbage. So if you have level appropriate gear, which if, if it's 50 or lower, you have Sparks gear, just go grab that. That'll be perfectly fine. But if you're doing like, that weird 75 stage and you're using like all of 99 gear it does nothing so keep that in mind if you're level sinking yeah and i had some cool gear that was like, like on mules and stuff from that that time frame that i never got rid of the rare ex stuff um but there i didn't have anything that like broke the game for my level either so i i was pretty much just just naked uh for the most part just wearing gear that provided defense and and you know, yeah Provide a lot of challenges. When I say it does nothing, it doesn't literally do nothing, but if you had one double attack on a level 76 item and sync to level 75, or five double attack on a 76 and sync to 75, all that's gone. You keep the defense and like marginal values of HP and MP and maybe some stats. I think if you sunk to like 70 and put on like the 72 Hopalon or whatever that gave you 10 in mind, you'd have like one or two inner mind, maybe one. You know, it was something ridiculous. It like cuts it really deep. But defense and MP are still very important if you're sinking. Oh, for sure. Um, especially at lower levels where everything has like lower attack values and stuff. Um, the higher defense stuff you can wear really helps your P diff. Um, so, you know, from a, a mechanic standpoint, um, it actually does matter that you're wearing something. And if you're not going to do all of the stories and want to skip that, you can skip a lot of that content. Maybe you don't want to for whatever reason. If, as long as you have the uh, Rhapsody's the vein of the deal, the ROV key items, those are the most important because those alter the game and help you level up or other things or give you the Curio Moogle, which is very important for a new player. That Moogle, uh, it's in the side left bar for BG, Curio Moogle, sells all these sorts of 
things you might not even find in the auction house anymore, like ninjutsu. You might not even find their shadows or silent powders or a re-raise or all those are very, or, or even keys because they sell the keys yep. for unlocking your AF or other stuff like that, which you still need because you need your AF to bring it to, you know, 99 to 119 to plus two, three, whatever, which is, you know, end game stuff. So honestly, based on the zone, not every zone was equal. If you, sometimes you want to be like level 70 to do some of those zones. I mean, you, you're going to die if you go with the level 50s and you can get the AF to do it, unless you have some help. Um, even your trust might be enough. I remember soloing back in a day before you had trust, you were pretty likely to just die if you get aggro, but maybe if you have trust, depending where it is, like, um, Battalia Downs goes to, oh, Demon Necropolis. If you get blood aggro in there, that's pretty much it. But in other zones, you might be able to, to skate by and stuff. And depending on your job, Rune Fencer and stuff, Geo, those kind of break a bit. doesn't give you invincibility or anything, but that that's fun to do too is AF and stuff as you level up. But if you do nothing, get those ROV key items. Yeah, and I mean, even as you're going through like the stuff, if you do it at level appropriate, you can actually just fight the stuff in the zone on the way to whatever you're about to go kill as a boss or whatever. And it levels you like like you would expect a dungeon to. Um, that, that's actually how me and, uh, and my buddy, uh, XP is we, like, we went into, for example, Promivians at level 20 and we fought our way up to the Spire and like, we were level 28 by then. And by the end of the whole experience on all three of the Promivians, I think we were like level 33. So we were a little over leveled at the very, very end. Um, but we just fought stuff on the way there and it was, it was pretty epic. Like it was an actual dungeon crawl. And like, these are some underused zones that unless you're like, you know, a, a blue trying to learn a spell bell or something later um there's like no reason anyone ever goes into them anymore and that's a shame because like the permivians are like some of the coolest zones in the game i remember when i first finally beat the promies because that was a real slog i had leveled up warrior to like 30 to sub ninja with uh the you know easily oh. accessible armor and axe and stuff well that was that was like the best job combo that wasn't the best because everyone was using like warrior sub ninja in my link shell and all the shouts i saw and everything for the promies and eventually you win <laughs> eventually and the first time i went into luffy's meadows it was just like like the music starts and it's like you know there's no other music like that too that's a very unique kind of music it's kind of tranquil and calm and it's like you've never seen anything like this kind of zone it looks different you like you can feel with all and wonder there and you get to wander through and stuff's like decent challenge or higher and it's like you warp in at the right level at 30 or whatever to kind of enjoy some of the mobs are even tough or very tough depending on what it is and you kind of just go through that it's very fun I don't think there's yeah, anything. Yeah, it's like Metal Gear. It's Metal Gear Final Fantasy. And sure, like it may take you days, maybe a week to level up your first job. But are you really missing anything if you got there slower? Are you, are you gaining anything if you got there faster? I mean, it's kind of. I mean, I haven't leveled a job as I said in a long time, and I haven't leveled Beastmaster in maybe ten years. I got to level thirty-seven just because those meta strats at seventy-five. I wanted the ability to kite with bind, because <laughs> kiting with bind was a thing at seventy-five. With not bind, yeah. with charm, because charm put bind on mobs if you can't charm them. So kiting with charm was a real thing, and I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. But I was thinking about yeah, going uh, through it all again with Beastmaster, and I don't think there's anything more fun than kind of redoing this game and things you never, ever do. Like, I haven't been to some of these zones in Carpenter's Landing. I can't tell you the last time I went to Carpenter's Landing. There's just no reason to go there unless you're unlocking Aegis or something. Yeah, uh, in fact, that that is, like, basically the reason. There, there's, like, one COP mission where you go in there, and it's just a matter of, like, going on a Deliverance-style raft ride, I guess. Dude, that raft, dude, I that. was blown away because 
uh, I had been to Bibiki Bay and stuff a while into the game at that point before I ever like knew that like there's no reason to ever ride the raft in Carpenter's Landing. And I needed like some NM or something. So I zoned in and I'm like, okay, I'll just, this, the wiki was around by then. I'm like, okay, I'll take the, the raft or whatever. And it said the raft's like, it'll be ready in like 46 minutes earth time. I'm like, you expect yeah. me to stand here for 46 minutes? It's some absurd time. It's ridiculous. The other rafts are like seven minutes, ten minutes, like the boat to Selbana or whatever. I was compared to the boat to Selbana. Like yeah, 40. like even by old standards, like if you waited on an airship, it was like maybe ten minutes. Yeah, I think the airship capped at like ten or twelve minutes at the most if you just ran up as it was going away. I think it was even less than that. I think the boat was like ten or twelve. The airship was like less than ten if you missed it. That's good stuff. And the airship, and the, there's no reason the to ride one of those now. The zone itself is fine, too. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of swamp-looking zones. Like, I absolutely hate uh, Friday Hentennial or whatever that's called. But, like, some people might like it. And I, it has a really cool setup. It's just the game just never incentivized you to use that particular area. I think it's they should fix Carpenter's Landing where they... There, there's no reason. There's, I don't think there's an NM tied to that raft. Because it's some... some Like, the ships in Selbana and, the, and Bibiki Bay, they have NMs tied to those zones and fishing and stuff. I don't think even... Maybe someone can correct me on that. I don't even think there's a reason to get on the raft to fish. There's nothing special there. And they, I don't think they never add anything special. They just 86 the entire raft. It is kind of cool because it's like a log raft with a tonberry. So if you've never ridden the raft, it is a kind of cool thing for a minute. But then if they just removed that and made it a cutscene where you did the same thing, like uh, with watercrafting or whatever in, in Adolin and Foray, if they just made it a cutscene yeah. like that and you got like 30 seconds of the tonberry and you kind of chilling there with the wind in your hair, I'd be very happy with that. That'd be fine. You'd still never use it, but at least they fixed it. Like, let's take away like online resources and stuff like that. Imagine a new person needing to find Carpenter's Landing. I couldn't like, find it, or someone to tell you where it is. Because yeah, because you have to you have to be like balls deep in Jugner Forest and like places you would never go. I only think the map and like really you may you. find the hole in the wall that is Carpenter's Landing. Yeah, it doesn't. Like, okay, so there's like an arrow, and it's like vaguely near where I guess you could go in. But but it's it, there's nothing that like represents his own line. So I don't know, like even just finding zones like that, we're just it, it's just absurd without someone telling you where they are. So, I mean, where do we want to skip here to the night, like level 99 or well, then I guess there's the mat fight and stuff. But that's kind of you don't need any explanation on that. That's just kind of like you do your limit breaks. And so you go through and do your limit breaks. The pages on BG have been updated to be better than ever so they can guide you through those limit breaks because before they used to actually really suck, but they're better than they ever were and probably the best page you're going to find now, hopefully. And yeah, you go through those limit breaks. There are a few items in the game, though, I guess, that you still might want, whether it's like the portal charm to get through the Harotua ruins. I don't know if you need anything there besides certain like Black Mage AF or the level 75 scenario. there's not really too much in there well there's high tier battlefield for yeah but that's you're at that point it's well you're level 99 119 doing that you don't need to get told to do that maybe quicksand caves there's that item that you really want to get yeah. the lodestone oh definitely the pouch of weighted stones though the item to go through garland citadel that one's probably the most important yeah, that one get. is actually pretty handy yeah and i mean you, you'll get that as you're you're following the quick start guide anyway like if you're if you're actually doing all of like the missions that you should be doing when you're supposed to be doing them, it, it tells you where that is. So it's not anything you really have to go out of your way to do. And I, I guess uh, that kind of like goes back, circles back into, you know, having mobility is like get all the stuff that gives you access to things. Um, I remember that, again, when I did the mules recently, I was too lazy to get the uh, the plate key for Halvun. 
And I remember oh. auto running at the door while watching YouTube, waiting for someone to show up because like I, I UNM warped out. And then I was like, well, cool. I'm on my mount. Someone please open this door. And I didn't really want to bug the LS. So I just kind of auto ran at the door for an hour until someone opened it. Dude, at so, level 75, I didn't have that key item for a long time because you didn't need it because you just waited the door and there were so many people walking around at that time that they just opened the door for you for whatever reason. Sometimes it might take a few minutes, but it wouldn't take like an hour. Now there's going to be no one to come and get that door for you. Yeah, back then you had people at the pudding camp, uh, Black Mages, and then you also had the the random parties that couldn't get a party spot in the Calibris. They went and killed uh, hill trolls, so they killed all the trolls up on the battlements up there. So let's just skip to 99 because at this point there's not really too much. I mean, there's a lot to do in between. You could spend a couple weeks kind of get to level 99 and do all this stuff because you could spend a whole day just kind of watching missions and stuff like that. It's kind of kind of nifty if you had the time yeah, to invest. And that's going to be that's going to be for the player that wants to do that though. Cuz like some people just will want to just shoot to want to just 99, but not necessarily shoot to end game. So you have your people who are like on safari and they want to, you know, see all the sites and those are the people who will slow down and actually like look at the Primivians and stuff, which I'm endorsing only because I had so much fun doing it as a returning player. Uh, so do that if you if you really want to have a good time. Um, and then there's the people who just want to go straight to 99 as fast as they can, which is neat. But like I said, focus on mobility. Um, and then once you're at 99, this is where I'd say the, the meat of our questions come in because people hit 99 and the horizontal progression just blows wide open and people just like stare at it like they're looking into the face of an old one. I, <laughs> the old <laughs> I was gonna say I guess I guess it's good we wasted half the episode not talking about the meat and potatoes yeah uh, well but... I, I I really feel it's important people give that stuff a shot though if they're listening yeah there's a lot I mean you could do a whole nostalgia episode but on yeah, campaign this... oh yeah did you Those do campaign were so fun oh, they were. anyway oh dude I did so much campaign I actually uh, XP'd in campaign I on some well. jobs Okay, so yes. So I yeah, think the so most good. the most recommended thing that people say to do when you get to 99 is to follow that intermediate ROE quest. Um, one to, you know, it's, what is it? You start off doing, it is achieve level 99. There you go. That's the first one of the ROE ones. I pulled up the little. You've done it. The ROE intermediate quest one, uh, 119 gear guide on BG. It's linked in the ROE page for the section is linked in the one to one nineteen and it's linked in game guides or whatever. If you just put in guides, it's gonna be in game guides. It'll be there as well to find that. And that's gonna get you jump started through. And it's I think what most people recommend doing. If it's your first job you can do this. If it's your second, you, you can't do this. It's all it's a one time only kind of thing. Yeah. And uh so so make sure you're you're doing it for the job that you really enjoy. And you've just had like ninety nine levels. Hopefully you didn't have it burned for you. Um, so you have 99 levels to experience that job and see if you really want to play it because, you know, not every job is for everyone. Like a lot of people think they want to be DDs and maybe you'll actually have more fun doing something else. Who, who knows? Right. Um, so yeah, when you, when you do those objectives, know that it is one time, um, and it, it will kind of open the, the gate to your direction that you want to go in because that gear will be the first step towards getting like the next piece that matters. And like, it'll actually help you clear the next content or, or, or what have you. Uh, depending on the level of like friends that you have. It sounds like you're putting down people that speed into the game there, Fox. Well, I do, only because the hand holding is real. I I guess when when they get done. Like it's it's very obvious, um, especially as as someone who's like a leader of an LS who persecutes people for buying gill. Like like we we actively kick people out of the link shell for that. And um like watching it happen over and over and over again 
is super frustrating, um, especially when we're ready to like put effort into making them better and like improving their experience of the game by taking them through content. Like we, we don't care if you're like a new person, like we don't put that Rima requirement on anybody, like that sort of thing. So when we see people who are just like outright cheating, like they're cheapening their own experience. So I kind of have, have a predisposition against people. I agree. I, I'm usually very hard and judgmental. So it's just nice that you're taking the role tonight instead of me. But if you aren't willing to give yourself the most or invest in yourself or even think for yourself and just kind of want to just skip ahead or whatever, how well can you really invest in being a, a contributing member of a group who's not just there to advance yourself or being friends with people in a genuine fan? You know, there's a lot of a lot of ebbs and flows and ins and outs there. But yes, I think that the people when I meet in this game who are new and have an idea of, oh, I read this, oh, I did this, oh, I know about this. It's like, good, we have a starting point. We can, we can, you know, you're not lost. You're not clueless. And it's a lot easier to be with someone like that and eventually, you know, build some sort of friendship or whatever happens or some sort yeah. of enemy or whatever happens out of that than someone who just kind of like is treating it like a loot box game. Exactly. And th this is the literal next step that we're talking about, though. It, it's not getting any particular gear or getting access to any particular zone. It's cultivating your familiarity with the job that you're on so that you can go with groups to content that you can participate in, which is a lot more content than you think. Um, you join any of the new returning LSs. Um, sometimes they have more veteran players there and, and everything. And and they'll like take you through stuff and you might not be the, the top end contributor, but you're still in that awkward, you know, puberty phase where you're, you're trying to figure out exactly how your job works. And maybe, <clears throat> sorry, my voice is giving out. And maybe, um, uh, maybe you're just trying to get like a baseline of gear so you can tackle X content. You know, you're, you're going to be in an awkward phase no matter what. And people ask that question a lot and it's hard to give them an answer. And that's why I'm saying don't focus on the gear you're getting. Focus on the job and how well you know your job. Here's a good controversial example. Don't be the imperialist in Vietnam. It doesn't matter how strong you are. So <laughs> anyway, with that, that blew right by me. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was, it was dumb. A lot of things I say are stupid. Uh, so anyway, you can't even really, in my opinion, do, see, everyone says just do that whole ROE intermediate objectives thing and just, that's it, follow that. And you get a lot of cool stuff with that, including, do I want to read it? It's really quick. You get a 119 yeah, sure. artifact headpiece. When you're done with it, you get a 119 artifact chest piece. You get your 119 hands, gloves, feet from skirmish, which is something still better than sparks gear. And you get a 119 uh, weapon or whatever. I think it's a skirmish weapon, which isn't yet. Yeah, it is. It's not, that's not going to be great, especially in an ambuscade weapon world and other stuff. That's kind of just kind of be, maybe it's the best you got for a second and it's free, but don't even. Depends really, on your job. Don't, yeah, it depends on the job too, but don't even really worry about that. The skirmish weapons in general aren't worth worrying about, but obviously right there, it says artifact, you know, and, and this and that you need to have your artifact from the level fifties. You don't have to get to like the plus one or anything, which is in the 70s. You just need the level 50s. So you have to eventually go back and do that. If you didn't do that while leveling up, you have to go back and do that. And if you're doing that, it's a good time to stop and like gather some relic because Dynamis was made for level 99 non-eye level. So if you just have Sparks gear and Truss, then, and your ROV key items makes it a lot better because you can call more and go in Dynamis every one hour instead of one day real time, uh, then... You can go back at that point. I think it's a good time to go and gather those basic 
pieces of Empyrean is more drawn out in Abyssia, but even that was, you know, pre-90. That was like level 90 and lower. So going in there with eye level, it's more about getting the drops from not having procs than... If anyone doesn't know about getting Empyrean drops in Abyssia, you need to... There's certain magical abilities that, that make a proc, little yellow arrows pop over the mob, and that basically doubles or sometimes triples all things depending your drop of seals. So instead of getting zero to one, you're getting like one to four, one to three. Uh, it speeds things up a lot, two to three. Uh, but yeah, relic armor, you can just go in, don't even really need treasure hunter that much. And if you don't, uh, there's a couple of thief trusts that have TH1 that'll help in Dynamis. So go grab, I think, even while you start the ROE and the mini objectives, go grab all your relic armor, your Empyrean armor, just the base pieces. You can put them in the Porter Moogle if you don't have room. Maybe you haven't done all your Gavi bag quests or, or whatever. The Porter Moogle, uh, each page on BG of the Armor will tell you, or just look at the Porter Moogle page. They all go in the same slip. You can keep them there. Even stuff you're not even using, you can save for later. So it's not a bad thing for paying dividends later because you're getting other drops in Dynamis for sure. So you can store them all. If you go with enough room, you can store them all in the Porter Moogle. Take you one spot to store, you know, 19 pieces. Here's... Here's what I recommend, because I, I see this happen a lot. Like uh, People get into an LS, and then they find out that LS does uh, Dyna-D, uh, Dynamis Divergence. And they're like, oh, I want to go too. And then they find out they don't have access or anything. Um, when you're going through and you're getting that that Relic gear, just when you're in the zone to get the clear for Dynamis, like, do this in advance. Like Go to a zone, know that you want to get the clear for it. And while you're there, farm your farm your Relic piece that's in that zone. So that way you're, you're killing two birds with a single stone. Um, you're looking at this gear while you're doing it, and you're like, okay, the, well, what's this supposed to mean? Well, as you reforge it and everything, there's a process of making it better, and a lot of people listening will already know about. Um, it actually points you towards what your job really is all about. So you can learn quite a bit about your job watching that gear progress. Like if you look at how the stats change on it and you know what it's all about as a base, and you're doing that while you're gaining access to important content that gives you unlocks later and also a source of gill depending on you know the LS you're with because let's say the LS splits drops, right? Um, which is what we do. Um, we split all currency. And uh, one of the primary ways that I make gill is I sell that on the auction house. I just turn it right back around and start selling. As someone and for who a new person farm. who can just get into the event, as someone who doesn't really farm gill, because I don't like farming gill, and, you know, sometimes you have to because you want things, but I generally don't yeah. ever farm ever, but as someone who doesn't, Divergence is a big source of income along with Ambuscade. Uh, those are big sources of income in general, so. Huge. But and Dynamis yeah, and has... so you're, like, preparing yourself for your job and, and getting it done, basically, yeah. Yeah, so... That's also what I divergence was coming out when I was first writing one to one nineteen. So I never put go get your wins there, which I'll have to go back and put because that's really important. You need to go get your wins so you can go do that kind of stuff. I believe is the requisite for divergence. I'll have to look it up for one second. But yeah, you need Tebnazian's yeah Tebnazian's yeah, liver, and that requires you to clear all the all the dream zones. I remember it's been many many years, but I still yep. remember it. If you go in even as a newer player with one seventeen gear to fight, let's say, the Morble in Valkram without getting any weakening items or something, you might still lose because it's got Charming Breath and other stuff like that. So there's still some perils you might want to... You can weaken those NMs like you could at level 75. Actually, this will still be at yep. level 99 now. So if you're only the 117 alone with Trust the, and you the, get Charmed uh, and lose stuff, you could still die and lose. 
yeah, the Gigas is actually a huge problem in, in Q5. Oh, yeah. Zone. I forgot about the you don't weaken it because you may not be able to deal enough damage to overcome the regen. Yeah. So to weaken any NMs, the Mega Boss, there's NMs in the old Dynamis as they were in 75. They brought them back in 99. And they, before you used to just kill them. Now they have an item they drop or whatever. Uh, so if you go to Dynamis Quiffum, for example, there, if you run all the way to the cliff, um, what is it, to the northwest there, the corner, when you're like running to go to Delkfoot's Tower, there's before that to the left, there's like a little ramp down. There is a, a Manta sitting there and you need to kill that Manta because it drops some poison item or whatever. Because if you don't, there's a massive regen on the Mega Boss, uh, for example. And if you don't have that item when you pop it, you're going to probably struggle and not enjoy the day very much. Fight until you time out. Yeah, so basically any NM sitting around, you don't have to kill them all. Some are more important than others, but for all intents and purposes, just kill them. They'll be very easy in Sparks Gear with Trust. Should be easy, at least, depending on what you, you do. Maybe someone's a melee white mage with the staff struggling or something. I don't know what you're doing, but I would assume you're on some proficient job for the event that can deal some damage and survive. Maybe Dragoon, maybe Beastmaster, maybe Blue, who knows. Anyway, yes, kill, kill any of those NMs. Uh, I'm sure you can find what they are on the wiki and, you know, don't struggle. And then once you're done with that, I guess it's time to start branching out into, you know, what social circles have you been able to gather since you were 99? Um, because getting people to band together to do like the lower level ambuscades, like some people will still do that. And if they're not doing that, then they, they probably should if they aren't geared for, for VD yet. Um, because some people have that that whole I'm not doing it unless it's VD, and most people will shouldn't do VD. Because, yeah, they should they shouldn't do VD at all. Like um, the the new players coming back, they should be learning how the game works. And there's I, I've been in so many shells that are willing to do normal and below, um, especially like easy runs stuff like that. Um, that's that's usually within the capability of a new player, and it, it doesn't take a whole lot of uh, ambuscade points or hallmarks to. Uh, not only get the free items, but just get that that baseline upgrade of gear for you know um, the the salvage and nizol variants or whatever, um, and that that's a good place to start. And then also, um, like let's say you're in a social LS, you can start getting people in the mindset of hey, you know maybe we can tackle Aonix content and like try to get people wow, that's into... a big jump. <laughs> well, what I, I that that's a progressional jump too, as opposed to what a lot of people think. Um, you can get people into going into Zita and banding together to kill the tier ones. Well, yeah. and you get a lot of gear out of that. And then, um, you know, once you feel comfortable with that, it's like, hey, let's move on to tier twos. And it, it doesn't have to be a you sit down for for three to four hours in a day and kill everything through Resinjima Helms. Um, when new players are joining the game and they join an LS, like part of LS group building is just going and doing this content. And this content is well within the capability of people who get this baseline gear when first hit one nineteen. That's something people get held up on a lot is finding a group to do stuff with. As someone who doesn't really have a group but kind of knows people, so he kind of schmoozes his way in to do certain things, like maybe he leeches RP sometimes on Fridays. Um, <laughs> I understand, yes, ideally that's great, but a lot of people, especially newer players getting into this game, returning players, whatever, are super casual and don't have that, and that is me. And I don't have time to commit to building a group but I have time to play 11 every now and then. And yeah, you, you do really want to build a group. And I think maybe you join the Discord and meet people you like. No. Uh, possible. I mean, our Discord's pretty decent now. I, I like how the conversations are working. It's it's good if you haven't joined it. It's It's getting better. It's not great or anything right now, but it is getting better. And that's all that matters. Like your character, it will get better and you're along for the ride. 
it is yours. It is your ride to make. So I think I haven't been in my, these sort of shoes here to say this definitively, but if I was a brand new 99 player who's running around in Sparks gear trying to maybe get some ROE, AF, or whatever, between AF, Relic, whatever, 109, eventually 119, it takes some money and resources, not much, but as a new player, everything's kind of a lot. I don't think we really want to cover how to make gill in this game at this point. That, that, yeah. That'd be pretty expansive. I mean, you want to sell your sparks every week before the Conquest Tally Sunday. So by Saturday, you want to sell all your sparks. Any item, all NPCs for the same amount, if you can NPC it. Just whatever costs more sparks makes it faster. So that's a that's a huge, that's probably one of the biggest sources of income for a new player. But Ambuscade. Back to Ambuscade. It is the linchpin of everything for this game. New and old players. It's It's the content that binds us. It is the egg and flour. Yeah. So... I think I haven't been in these shoes as I was saying, but if I was a brand new player, just kind of getting this together, I think I'm confident enough that depending on the month, all things depending, and depending on what I know about it, which you should be able to read enough about um, any ambuscade at this point, because most of them are repeats. There's very few new ones at this point. Mostly volume two is new, which you don't, it's not a great time investment. If you're brand new, you could do that solo with trust. You could do that. That's a great way to, I want to improve myself before I'm comfortable enough to interact with players. I don't want to look like a fool. A lot of people are insecure about that. They don't want to go out there looking like, you know, uh-huh. Yankee Doodle Dandy. Let's let's keep it realistic, though, because, I mean, in order for you to get the, the kind of points that you would get on VE, you'd have to do VD, V2, and very difficult volume two is still going to be extremely hard for, like, a new person. Like, I could maybe see them doing, like, normal, maybe difficult if they really know what they're doing. But, like, VD is probably going to be outside their scope. Yeah, I mean, it would be. They would have to be doing N or D on Volume 2, which, let me pull up the points here two sec. Yeah. And this this is, while he's pulling that up, that, that's I why it. I was talking about um, not necessarily doing, like, an LS group or something, but just getting to know people who can, like, you can go with. Because, like, sometimes the people you know will know people, too, and they'll pull people into the group, and, like, you'll just happen to form a party, and you don't have to commit to anything. But you have like, people to work with in an MMO, which is you know a novel idea and all. When I made Magnanimous for a few years, one of the best parts about it was it started off completely just me and Carrot. And I met Carrot by needing to do Fenrir for an item because Ambuscade Capes didn't exist for my blue. And I just happened to meet them. And that's also the same day I met Carrot and met Chia who eventually would do many great things in the wiki and eventually windower. And I don't think I had anything to do with his windowering, but I think I had a bit to do with him coming to the wiki. So, you know, at that point he was in the link shell too, greatly contributed to our success in all manners. He was a central member, but from that one shout group out of many crappy shout groups, this one was good, good enough. It it wasn't great, but out of many groups that made the basis of an entire link shell eventually, which became a link shell that was doing top tier content. Ionic clears without having to do the same things as people. Divergence wins when everyone was kind of like, eh, this sucks. You know, a lot of content, but that's how everything gets started. That's how, you know, it takes eventually. I think I picked up enough random pearls on the concierge at this point, just seeing what there is. A lot of them are garbage and need to drop in their waste time. But there's been enough where I run into people there where I'm like, yeah, if I was a new player, this person's been friendly enough. We could do something. This person's been cool enough. You know, there's eventually just keep cycling through the concierge and you're going to find people. Sometimes you may shout something and you may get something 
good luck with that. But even if I'm not even talking about link shells in particular, you can shout for a link shell, and that might actually be a pretty good result. Because if someone cares enough to give you a link shell, they probably care enough to about you know everything else that goes along with that. But if you just say something random and get tells or whatever, that's what I'm talking about. You may join in a conversation for shouts or ask a question and yell. Good luck at your own caution. But that's a good way to do it. And then just. I, I don't know, like just going out and doing content and, and shouting if you have to also. Um, I know that uh, in my group, I very rarely, and we're, we're not at like a, I guess they call it a social LS all the time, but but we're really not. Like we do end game stuff. advanced social LS? We are, I guess you could call it that. And I, I don't let people in, right? And um, we, we, I remember I was farming beads by killing Neek because I, I would rather do that than doing dragons. And I was Ooh. out there with uh, my, my buddy Hayden and uh, my buddy Blame. And we were just murdering Neek over and over and over again. And um, I remember there was like, I, I forget how he joined us. He was either he was either already out there and he was just kind of standing there on White Mage and we just needed a White Mage because it was going to be easier than using a trust. Or we shouted for a White Mage prior to going in because I was just auto-killing Neek on Dragoon. And he joined our group. And uh, this, this guy, this guy Norcris, he, he's really he, he's really awesome, actually. Um, like everything he does. And we lucked out. But we just like randomed across this guy. And I was taken aback because I don't trust pickup groups at all. Like that's that's my thing in the game. Like some people think I'm a summoner hater. That is not the case. I hate pickup groups with a burning rage. And I don't like pickup people. And the guy happened to impress me enough to where I was like, yeah, we could we could probably have him in the link shell. He would make a very a very useful white mage because you know it would get other people who are always on white mage off white mage. And you know we got him in, and he just continued to perform. And we would have never found this guy if we didn't just like randomly decide to do content. And I mean, this is kind of advanced content, but I mean, it, the same thing can happen with lower levels too, uh, which is what I'm telling the story. And we just ended up with this really solid member at the end of the day who otherwise would never have set foot in our group because he would have gone completely under the radar. So yeah, part most of this game too is not just how do I tackle content best. You can read a lot and make your own, form your own thoughts on that. But it's, half of this game, which is what makes it so engaging still, is you have to tackle people, and that's that's not a straightforward thing that no one can really make a great guide oh. on or anything like that. And tackling people will shape your whole basis of this entire game and how much you like it or don't. So if you're... There is a game here, if you're not... If you don't like people and you don't want to be socialized, there is a game here for you still that you will enjoy more than probably many other games if you get into it enough or give it a chance enough or are willing to have enough resolve. Because, not to sound pompous, if you don't have the resolve and you're alone, you're not going to make it and you're not going to want to play this as much. That's what happens. Yeah. That's what happens. But anyway, on to the, back to the Ambuscade thing. Um, volume 2, which is the easier volume, which no one really does because they didn't give enough... Re they, the rewards used to make it so everyone spam volume 2 was the quickest amount of rewards for everything, but then they like tripled... The rewards for Volume 1 and, and expanded the HP and everything, so now everyone does Volume 1 because it's more rewarding. If you do very difficult Volume 2, which as a new freshly geared player, 117 or whatever, trying to break your way into 119, better 109 than... Because not all 117... Don't think that the item level is the definitive thing here. There is better 109 pieces of gear for your job than there are just Sparks gear at 117 just because it's a lower item level. Doesn't make it better. For you I, I, yeah it might do something particularly that augments your job a lot of ambuscade armor that starts off nq at 109 a lot of those pieces are better than sparks gear so 
and you can get those yeah. really quick. The NQ armor you can get really quick. So if you just want to mess around on normal volume two for a little bit to get a few pieces of gear, so you get a little more comfortable, and then try to shout because very easy volume one is as much reward as normal volume two. Except if you grow up group up with people, you get a lot more uh, extra bonuses, gallantry to spend on items and rewards. So at that point. Uh, you're you're really good to go. You could spam a bunch of very easies with people and on volume one, and you could really break into getting your 119. And from that, I mean, you could do ambuscade for a couple days. I mean, I don't think there's nothing to do for a couple days, depending on how long you play. But you could do ambuscade for an entire day, and the progress you made in one day might be the biggest amount of progress you've ever made if you're just kind of trying to break into the scene. And once you get that done, from that point, you kind of really can explode and branch out at that point because now you've, I mean, your armor isn't great if it's just not every pure ambuscade set is great but if now you're at the point where you have some artifact relic empyrean 119 mixed in with your ambuscade armor that's the basis of a lot of the best sets without you know certain pieces of esha augmented armor but at that point you could go do that esha augmented armor yeah for sure and i would say about the time you're confident in taking like uh tier two ruan mobs down which isn't that big of a jump from the zeta tier ones like that, that content's all roughly on the low end of things, um, you can actually start thinking about going into Odyssey and, you know, just casually farming that for CP and, you know, extra extra gear you could start working towards, too. I don't know about farming Odyssey so soon. If you're a thief opening chests, that'd be a great source of gill and maybe want to improve some items at that point. But I think Odyssey is a little premature. I think it'd be the time, too, to start farming job cards in uh, Omen. Those are big shout groups still, too. You can definitely find your way into one or make one, and it... You don't need to know really much of anything about Omen at all. It's it's very straightforward. It's not hard. You any that is probably the easiest shout group anyone can make in this whole game is job card farm Omen, and at that point yeah. that'll help you a lot. But that those those pieces of armor to upgrade them is going to cost you a bit of gill, and you're going to have to do real Omen to get the items to upgrade to pass the plus two. But plus two armor is for the AF and Omen is is still really good for a lot of jobs. It's like a mil each, too, maybe a mil and a half. Yeah, 1.1 mil plus a little bit of unity items. And then, I mean, at this point, now, you, now you're in unity. There's certain unity items that are really good You can still. sell detritus. Yeah, yeah. To, that's, that's, I was going to get to that. If you're going in solo, if, you're, if you've gotten geared up well enough, and this is something I do in my spare time because I like to improve my weapons without paying tens of millions of gil because it doesn't take much to solo omen. If you go in solo omen, uh, you'll get cards slowly. Uh, maybe if you're not doing the objectives, maybe you'll get four or five cards a run. I mean, you could get maybe seven, depending on objectives or whatever. The campaign, too. It depends on campaign. If it's not a campaign, maybe you're getting four cards. Uh, that's a good way to do it while getting detritus, depending on your treasure hunter gear. I mean, there's we're getting into the weeds here a bit of, at least I am, uh, of what you can get well, into here. But detritus... We're gonna arrive in the weeds anyway, because this is this is that that branching point yeah, where the it's explosion be different depending of, on the person's job and their social circles and yeah, this the is explosion the of what you want to tackle. And and there's so many things to tackle. Personally, I would focus on getting my gear well enough in ambuscade, selling some ambuscade stuff to you know forward me to better gear, whatever, and then focusing on. I know you might want to keep the detritus because oh, I'm gonna need these to augment my my. I haven't unlocked my. R1, R0 ability to augment my relic weapons and ultimate weapons I don't even have yet. But one day I'm going to need them, which is usually my mindset is why I keep things for many years. But don't. 
just I even sell detritus sometimes when I get a lot. I have a couple stacks on me, and when I get at a certain point, I'm like, let me just sell these. I want to buy some other stuff. Just sell that because yeah, ultimate weapons are nice, but are anything is needed for anything. Rank anything is not needed for anything. Uh, just sell those and get better gear because your armor and things like that. Hopefully not from Mercs, but whatever. Do whatever you want. Your armor is going to be much more important than trying to save something to rank up a weapon at that point. So sell all those. They're worth, what, 100, depending on your server, 150k plus. And if you have Treasure Hunter, you can come away with... It's a really random value, even with good TH. As long yes. as, you you know, you can come away with 8, 9, and sometimes you come away with like 17, 16, 15. I would say you average with a decent Treasure Hunter around like 5 to 10. So you're going to pull in you know, upwards of over one mil for, depending on how well you do it, maybe 30, 40 minutes of work. But you're also getting job cards too. So there's an advantage. And you're getting CP and, and stuff at that point too, because you go into this Fox. I don't cap my CP on my jobs when I'm when I'm gearing them. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you're you getting CP and you're also, um, and we got to remember this is new people too. So you're also capping merits, which shouldn't be overlooked. Like that's a pretty extensive process when you first get to Really, yeah, it, it should is, be seventy five, but at ninety nine, yeah, like you have to merit your merits, which is so ridiculous. <laughs> and then after you're done with that, you have to fill out every category. And you know, some of those categories, like it takes you know quite a few seventy five pools of merits to actually cap out. I, I think a lot of people overlook that. Um, and doing events like uh, like Omen like that, where you're farming gill, you're progressing your job from a gear standpoint as well, because you're you're working towards getting your your plus twos or whatever. Um, and you're you're getting that uh, that XP and CP at the same time. It's like well, probably you're you're right. It's probably one of the most beneficial events. And that's actually what I was thinking when I was talking about the Odyssey thing too. But uh, thinking about how hard those mobs hit, I, I don't do. think that maybe yeah, I don't think they're going to have the DT sets yet to survive. And, and so higher floors, right the accuracy there. or getting to the end, but still, they could stay in the first floor. But eh. well, that's that's getting way ahead of them there. But <laughs> they they aren't getting to the higher floor. But uh, at least not killing things. But um, if you're uh, but if you're doing that though, you're 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 doing an event that, that's benefiting you in a lot of ways. And and I'm I'm a person who um, I, I've never bought JP or anything. Um, I typically solo my JP um, unless I go with like my link shell and they for whatever reason want JP on things. Um, so when I go to solo stuff, it's usually when I'm testing or when I'm soloing Omen. Um, I'll I'll make sure to go on a job that uh, isn't already mastered, uh, just so that I can you know, do my thing. And that also applies to new people too. Like just because you're just because I'm soloing Omen doesn't mean that you can't. And like our, our versions of soloing Omen are going to be very different. And as long as you're progressing your character in a way that's meaningful, um, I think you're still doing it right. Like you don't have to kill the mega boss every time. And, you know, no matter what path you're taking here, I probably should have said this maybe 30 minutes ago at this point, maybe, maybe less. Maybe anyway, no matter what path you're taking, if you don't have much time to play this game, and even if you have a lot of time to play this game, the most important thing you can do nowadays is go to Domain Invasion. Domain Invasion will fast-track yes. you even even better than doing Ambuscade because it's different things that you don't get from Ambuscade. Some, in, in general, if you need better weapons, the fastest way to get better weapons in this game past your 117 weapon, it's maybe two or three days, depending on... You can work on a lot of... Them. In two to three days, depending on your playtime... You can, as long as you're capping your 100 points a day, you can, depending on your server, maybe one fight, maybe four fights. They're they're pretty yeah. quick. It's gonna take you. It's gonna take you anywhere from 10 minutes to 40 minutes, 40ish minutes a day. So if you have 40 minutes a day to get to anything, maybe you're making dinner. I don't know. There's some waiting time involved. <laughs> 
But that is the most important thing. You can get that is the greatest way to forward you into all this content that you feel locked out of. If you're a thief, you can get your Shijo in two days and you don't have to struggle and you have a dagger you can use. If you're if you're anything, you have all this armor and weapons and you can do that and, and break into all that. And then anything else at that point is great. But also in domain evasion, you get beads, which yes, yes they're using Aeonics, but as a new play, yeah, I was going to say get the Emprox ring for 500 points, which is... One of, one of the things that I see as someone who does a shit ton of Aeonic runs um, is that we'll go to set something up and we'll tell people to get their beads and like people will not have their beads ready. And if you just did domain invasion every day, like even as a new player, like you can, you have access to that content. You can get, you know, probably 400, 600 beads a run, depending on your job. You're probably not going to get the thousand or whatever, because like, that's based on boar seals. And it's also based on you having like insanely high end crit builds and, you know, multi attack and all that good jazz. But um, it's not unreasonable for you to force 600. So you can start getting a head start towards doing that. And if you're participating in Zeta and M's and the stuff I was talking about before, they provide a very small amount of beads too. And incrementally, you'll get very, you'll get a lot closer to your 50K requirement for that if you ever do want to pursue an Ionic in the future. Like this is well down the road, but you won't be that guy who's last minute scrambling to try to get it done because your group decided they're just going to go do it. And, uh, you know, you're kind of getting yourself ahead of the curve in a way that you weren't expecting to. So um, just try to get everything you can done, really. But I, well, yeah, but I was talking about Emperor's ring, Emperor's ring. Do you know that ring? Do you use it? I used to. I don't need the things for for pulse weapons. If that but yeah, I'm saying as a new player, you're going to get so many merit points that you're not using and, and you're going to cap out and don't run back to trade. But Emperor's ring is worth 500 beads, which is a, you can store 30,000 beads. 500 is very small. Uh, you can wear it. It's a 24-hour buff. You can use it three times before you got to drop it and go get another one. At 24 hours of being logged in, too, so maybe it's going to last you a week. Who knows? Uh, and anytime you kill something, it doesn't take anything away from you, but it sends those merit points and as they're called potpourri or whatever. So it sends your potpourri <laughs> back to, to Emperor's. And it may take a long time, but if you're a new player, that is a great way to unlock a pulse weapon is 25,000 potpourri and one potpourri is what one 10,000 limit points i i don't remember and, and like that that conversion sounds awful but you gotta oh, think that that once you get rolling on the cp bonuses xp bonuses and all that stuff and then depending if you have you know, people in your party, let's say Corsair with Corsair's role, you'd be surprised how much passive limit points you actually pull in towards merit points and how many go wasted when you're just chilling at 75 all the time, like 75 out of 75. So um, he's right. Like having that ring and just passively getting that stuff over time, that really adds up. Like I, I've personally uh, gotten the uh, the dagger from that process as a lock style um, that I eventually turned into a, a pulse weapon or whatever later. But um, I originally just wanted it as a lock style, and I got that just passively doing it. Like, I wasn't even trying to get those done. And, you know, it took me a couple months, probably. Uh, but you're not going to get anything in this game super fast, at least if you're doing it legit, you know? And, yeah, as a seasoned player, I can go and get a pulse weapon from the Tier 3 Zeta spams very easily. Uh, it doesn't take me much. But that I, I have the means to go do that. As a new player who is making multiple weapons, multiple jobs, branching out, doing what you want to do, you're going to get eventually 2.5 million limit points. It's a lot of limit points, but you're going to get them and they're going nowhere. So as long as you have that ring on, it works the same way as any other Empress Band or Experience Ring, anything else you may use. As long as you run around with that, doing events, diversions, Omen, anything, 
eventually you're going to get 2.5 million limit points, and maybe that is the pulse weapon you need to make another ambuscade weapon or something, and it really will help you down the road. You know, it's not a big thing, but I think it's like one of the least used items is the Emperor's Ring because it is very useful for that. Yeah, I've seen Spice using it in Dynamis. I use a add-on called Party Buffs so I can see what everyone's buffed with. And he has that little pot symbol next to his name, so he definitely does use it. I've only made like two ambuscade weapons. I, you know, I'm actually going to need more weapons, so I still don't have a nagling for my blue. I need more weapons, okay? Yeah, oh, well, I actually think that ambuscade weapons are one of the, the best investments a new player can make. Like, even if it's oh, just a Kasha variant, uh, because they're very strong. Yeah, that's what eventually get into. Besides domain invasion weapons or other weapons you get everywhere, those ambuscade weapons should be, in general, what every new player who's trying to gear up is aiming for. Yeah, if your job can equip the Nagling, get the Nagling. You're probably going to use an Obero weapon or something before that, which is another good stopgap weapon. Some of them, depending on what they do, uh, are very good weapons for a long time or ever situationally, but most of them are not. But that's also a very good, depending, I mean, there's a lot of different items some may cost or not be available. There's different components that go into the Obero JSE weapons, but those are good to get too. Yeah. Well, let's look at a bandwagon job that everyone loves, like Summoner, right? So, so Summoner, you want to, you, like, as a new Summoner, you want to get the Obero weapon, because the, their Gritivore, or whatever that's called, is, like, your best physical blood pack staff outside of Nirvana. And then, um, if you're doing the intermediate path, you can get the, the Karanos, or whatever that is. And if you're not actually making a Nirvana, you can augment that in such a way that it's probably your second best staff. So, it is really good you know, for your physical, mileage will go pretty far. For physical blood packs, it is very good. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Gritivar is definitely, and, and the Karanos is actually still good. Um, you can get that with like, I think you get blood pack damage 8 or 10 on it, and then like you get like uh, magic attack bonus and multi-attack, I think is how you do it. Is the Karanos another weapon you get you with, with the ROE intermediate checks as the Karanos might be? I think so, yeah. yeah it is, I remember it is. I got an Ufrat, because um, I, got, I got the weapons for summoners as I went through it. Um, same for Beastmaster too, like you can get uh, Kumbakarna, which is an axe I still use. Um, now, when uh, when I'm actually allowing my my main and offhand weapons to swap, um, you pair that with Aimer or another Kumbakarna for TP bonus, and it it's like a really huge DPS boost to your pets. So like all that stuff is still relevant, and like your mileage will vary on whether or not you decide to pursue Ambuscade weapons right away. It will depend on what class you're on, but it's generally safe to say that if your if your job can equip a, a Nagling, then you want to get your Kasha Sword. That's uh, probably the first one you're going to get. And at that point, I think it's just that strong. A lot of people too need to unlock their vagary clears, and I see a lot of people join yeah. the merc groups for that just because the ROE objectives give them their money's worth there. Which that be one of the only sensible examples I've seen of paying for something because you're actually getting something monetary back that may match or nearly match or exceed your investment there. But otherwise, if you've geared up to this point with some of these things we're talking about here, you can go and fight those clears. Not necessarily on your set by your own with trust, depending on which one it is, you might be able to. But not the last, the last body and uh, legs unlock. You'll need to find another, maybe one person of a decent job to go with, and you can unlock your your vagary clears there. Whether it's trying to get spells on blue mage or just trying to unlock your plus one Empyrean, because I'm sure next year, 2021, we all thought 2020 be the year for it, but who knew what was going to happen this year? <laughs> 2021 yeah. they might finally have imperium plus two and three come out it's it's definitely coming i'm excited for it that, that gear is going to be really strong and really synergistic for the jobs because the imperium gear specifically 
uh, really honed in on what they really wanted the jobs to do. So I'm actually excited to see what they come up with for that. How funny would it be if the whole big 20-year anniversary surprise is like a brand new three add-on scenarios of Abyssia or something, not necessarily Abyssia, but something of that nature? Or maybe they just give it to us and we don't have to pay for it. Who knows? I'd be fine paying for it at this point. <laughs> Whatever keeps the game going. But And that's how you unlock your plus two and plus three Empyrean. And that's just what we're waiting for this whole time. I don't know, man. The like, time yeah, gap. That, I would be thrilled by that. It's been a I big be time gap between when they finally got the plus two, three AF and then to Relic plus two, three between that and to now. It's been a big time gap for Empyrean plus two, three. They really haven't. We know it's coming. It's just, it's been a unnatural gap so it makes my, me wonder what they're doing with it my fear with that in particular is they're going to release gear that's going to be extremely good and we still don't have content worth using it on yeah that's it's my only thing. fear so that, that's why i'm hoping that the part you have right is that it's like based on add-ons and like new stuff that actually makes it worthwhile for us to have this gear because even even something like malignance was like tipped us off like off the planet, <laughs> and you know we can do crazy things now because we have access to DT and magic evasion and accuracy all in the and same evasion. Piece. Like that's yeah, and evasion. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely crazy. Um, when people and that, that I think ah oh god, this is making me circle right back into the why do people shop for R fifteen whatever's all the time? But I have no idea why people put this requirement on things when the rest of the gear is more important, <laughs> and people are are like easily rocking this ridiculous gear. And I say easily because I have done this even with spicy. We've gone in on, on easy and murdered Lilith. Like people can do it. You just team up with somebody if you cancel. And that was pre-malignance. That was pre-malignance. Yeah. We, we fought that like men. That was the first time we started playing together too. I needed a thief. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I don't remember if that was before or after the wedding, but yeah, that was, was after. Was, uh, I think it's the first time I'd ever actually been in party. Yeah. I just asked you cause you had a thief and I saw. Yeah. That. Cause I was on my, my Terabad thief. Hey, that was enough. I need TH go stand in the corner. Yeah, my, my, that's right. I, I I remember I went like thief sub scholars, thief sub white maid, so that I had re-raised and so that I could heal spicy. So the audience may not because like I I am capable, obviously, but yeah. The audience may not know, but yesterday when I walked in the door after work, my router died, and I have not gotten a new router yet. It's coming tomorrow. But my thermostat, my lights, my pet feeders. My everything is hooked up to the internet, and my lights right now are programmed to dim at this time because depending on my hours, I usually am like in bed. I'm like, oh, let's let the lights dim. So it's like, you know, a natural getting sleepy thing. And I can't control my lights. So right now my lights are almost off as I'm talking in the dark. That's good, man. Oh, man. I'm like, I, I can't Look even do anything guy. about it. I can't connect to the Wi-Fi to change the lights. Can't take a shit unless he logs into Google. Dude, I woke up this morning. I wanted to ask Google what the weather's going to be, and I can't do that. That's unfortunate, man. I turn. I got Chromecast. I, I can't even Google imagine to turn my problems. TV on and off for me. I mean, I got the whole smart house thing going here, and uh, not so smart right now. It's That's just distracting ridiculous. me. So I just have to just say. one little thing goes wrong, and you can you you can just do nothing. Like one little thing, like a router going out goes wrong. It's just distracting me because like the lights keep getting so progressively funny. darker every like couple minutes and I'm like uh, as I'm trying to talk and meanwhile Carrot goes you know the backup router no why would I have a backup router I don't just keep a backup router for no reason well I think you have a reason now would you like to buy some hardware and software that sits there in ages while you never use it in case something happens years down the road oh yes I would love to do that that's great let me just sit on my shelf I'm the stupid one yeah man you would have a router right now I forgot to order it last night I thought it went <laughs> you through would, you would not be experiencing these problems and I woke up this morning and finally didn't even order it 
And I'm like, hey, <laughs> the router's not coming today. Yeah, clearly, it's not that important. I'm like, why is something in my cart still? Anyway, now that I'm still distracted That's by my lights being almost out, what else haven't we touched on? Well, I mean, right now you're having the true gamer experience of the only uh, light that touches your body being the monitor. So there's that. Dude, I got someone coming in the morning, too, because by the, the door, there's a there's a spot in the ceiling we were sitting in. Dinner. I'm like, that's a wet spot, isn't it? And I got someone coming to fix whatever wet spot's coming from outside. You know, it's, it's you know, I got a life here. And meanwhile, I'm sitting here, I'm like, I really got to update that blue guide or something. I'm really behind on that by a long time. I should get to that. And I'm like, <laughs> the priorities are in <laughs> lights line. don't work. I got a small leak in the ceiling. And it's great. Man, I, I don't know. Like, from here, I guess we really just talked about going to like the next tier of whatever content that you're in. Right. So you're, you're, you can do your baseline Aonic related content, which is like your Esha stuff. You go to the next tier. If you feel you're ready, um, Ambuscade crank it up to the next difficulty. If the group you're with is ready, or if you feel like you can join a shout group and actually contribute, just go to the next tier up. Um, Dynamis, maybe you're contributing more in the runs. I, you know, I, it, it's, it, the problem is it's going to vary so much from person to person that really the only one, who can master your own destiny is you like you can try to get advice from people who have played but even my advice coming back to the game is not going to be the same as spicy's like when i came back to the game aside from that experience i had as a rune fencer with my buddy who was on beast when i did stuff with my link shell i was on white mage the whole time i i white mage is like the golden ticket and i always say this to people it's like oh how did you get all this stuff it's because i went white mage to everything i actually enjoy the job and it's probably one of the best jobs in the game to play well um you're indispensable to your group so i mean i could give you that advice but not everyone is going to be a good white mage let alone a white mate is interested in white mage at all my so, white mage is 49 yeah see i mean you could be spicy's white mage and not be in content you know with like, some it just might not be your thing with some 109 armor from ambuscade and mixed with spark armor whatever you're getting maybe you have a weapon from domain invasion at this point maybe you've had help and someone gave you something who knows but i think too Fighting N or D um, sac- uh, sacrocosmic orbs, is that what it is? Those orbs to get yeah. your, your stuff to plus one your AF, I think that's also a very good first step to do. I mean, I've seen people who do that. It's very rare because you usually don't see that and wear nothing but full AF plus one. And it's like, you know, it's it's a set, but you don't wear all of it. Um, <laughs> but that's that's a good yeah. thing to do. Well, just understanding that you don't wear all of your AF set or all of your relic set is very important. And if I, I remember, say... um, I remember when uh, I was part of an LS before I joined Loxile, there was this one guy who um, went out of his way to buy buy the full plus one veil set, which is um, the uh, the plus one. Uh, what's it called? Orville. It's it's the um, what's that? The Orville set plus one. Argozi. Argozi. Oh uh, no, he, he went and bought oh, the, the entire the plus one Argozi set, Why? right? And yeah, well, well, this link shell only could really handle like the tier two Ryzen Jima or not Ryzen Jima um, could not do Ryzen Jima like this link shell could only handle like and this is about three years ago could only handle like the, the tier two Ruan mobs. And this guy gets a full set that of, was still uh, of Argozi. Well, yeah, for his Dark Knight. Right. And I remember he's like he's like fighting in it and he only wore it as a set and he wore it like full time. So anytime any of the mobs would do anything, he would explode. Oh, that's the crafted SU gear that has damage taken plus in every piece. No, no, no. That that's the uh, that's the stuff that looks like the uh, the Armada Bird. 
So I, I was correct. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. I thought it was the Abjuration gear, but I was saying if he's exploding, I thought he was wearing the, the full crafted SU gear that gives you damage taken plus with sight skill. Oh, no, no. How's he well, exploding? That's normal well, gear. That's one of the things, though, is like... Well, because if you look at that gear, it has no... Well, it, it has no, no real stats on it. Oh. Uh, like, actually look at the Ar- Argozi set, and it gives you, like, strength and dex, and it gives you, like, negative evasion, and you get accuracy and attack and, like, some strength, but you don't get, like, magic evasion, evasion, you don't really get anything for defense. Oh, wow. You get, like, nothing on the You're mind right. side of things, I didn't even, resistant feeds. I don't play those three jobs at War, Dark, and Beast. I didn't even realize at 99 yeah. there's still negative stats on gear. I know they were here and there, but it literally... Oh, yeah. The plus one head is, you know, 50 HP, 30 strength, <laughs> so 30 bad. dex. There's no vit. There's no int. There's nothing. 30 accuracy, 35 attack, negative 11 evasion, and 7 haste, 7 store TP before augmenting. And the augments don't provide anything besides those similar stats either. So there is nothing on that set. Not even anything. Yeah. So what I'm getting at, guys, is, is pay attention to the sets you're wearing. And know that you don't have to wear them as a set. And you got to kind of know what the set's intended for. Um, because, like, that set is very obviously supposed to be something you're in very briefly. Um, it's supposed to be something where you're wearing it during a weapon skill. If you're not wearing it during a weapon skill and you're trying to TP in it, um, you're probably doing it wrong. And you're probably going to be that guy that explodes in content. Depending um, on where you're at, the, the like, Hallberg might be worth it, but... Well, actually, I have a full set of this gear because it's useful on Beastmaster for some of the weapon skills, but it's almost never useful as an entire set itself. Um, you'll, like, pick and choose what pieces you use. I was just thinking not in terms but, of what's um, the best body to wear, but I'm just thinking maybe in terms of having bodies at that point <laughs> on a path D, maybe. That'd be pretty good. It, it actually is. Um, it's it's really decent. Um, it's it's kind of interchangeable for me when I'm a Beastmaster because it also can wear Lestradio. So, like, if I'm looking for, like, a massive strength and act boost, like, sometimes I wear Lestradio instead. I guess it depends if the, the weapon skill needs, like, multi-hit to matter. Um, like, if that matters in it, like, if it's decimation or something. At least but they weren't wearing then, full like, Lestradio. That would be even worse. Yeah. Like, decimation, you still want to wear, like, your plus two uh, Empyrean body, the Talia body, because uh, it's triple attack and accuracy. But anyway, I'm I'm getting too far into it. No, no, no. You're um, touching on something that's important guy, because because you're talking. I talked yeah. about how you don't wear the whole set. You gave a better example to go further, and you're you're trying to introduce the thought process there of hey, there's a lot of sets that that they made, and you don't wear the full set. But then you also get into the whole. This is why you wear this piece. You got to have a you know you have to build your own decision making yes. process that evolves as you play this game. And let me tell you, mine is still evolving. So you never stop evolving in terms of making decisions of gear you want, and you kind of don't even know certain things most of the time until someone either shows you or you figure something out, which would be the best case scenario, but you just kind of keep figuring things out. Take an example here. The TP bonus magic and offhands that have become popular in the past year or so yeah, as like the most broken thing. They've existed for a very long time, and everyone suddenly is like, they found Shangri-La here. They go, oh my <laughs> god, this is the great, this is the best DPS in the game. It's like, <laughs> it's been around. It's if I can only describe how long I've used that on Ninja before people started doing it. Yeah, man. Like, but the the problem is, is you can't just get that right out the gate. Like, let's say you get your Kasha weapon and you're brand new, and you're like, oh, TP Magian bonus hand offhand. That's free. I can do that in my spare time, and you probably should. But just know that you probably don't have the critical mass of gear yet to actually make that useful. So temper your expectations until you get the rest of the stuff that may matter. Like, you know it's not an item-level weapon. 
but it's providing a really powerful result when you can actively use it. So to offset it, you got to think, well, now I'm going to have to make the sacrifice of TP sets or food or buffs or whatever um, to make up for the accuracy I'm missing in that offhand because that's still an important, important part of your TP phase. So just because it is considered the best or like you see it in a guide and that's the offhand they're using, like you have to understand the context under which that they are using, I think is what we really want to get at. Dude, when I did Gin the other day and, and for this, trying to get the ring on blue solo, a one-off, I had one tag left, and then they go solo this. Oh, then my lights just went out. Now I'm, now I'm in the complete dark. That's great. That's <laughs> mood lighting. I, I went on blue, which is a job that has more accuracy. I had an R15 to Zona, which is another plus 30 accuracy. Uh, offhanding uh, all mace is 50 dex times what, 0.8 is, you know. That's, yeah, it's like roughly 42-ish. Yeah, so it's, it's about 40 accuracy more on top of that 30. I didn't, I used a Miso Ramen for defense, and I completely, it's been forever since I went to fight that. I think it's 1350 accuracy roughly need for that. I didn't set accuracy traits, and I was maybe, I'm going to say by yeah. eyeball, maybe 80-ish percent accuracy, and I'm sitting there missing it to enough where I realize I go, I'm not capped accuracy. I forgot that <laughs> you need to yep. cap accuracy in this guy. And that was with weapons that gave me accuracy bonus if I had bothered to use that TP bonus magic, I would have been in the weeds just swinging away there trying oh, yeah. to find a dandelion or something. I mean, this this is where I say you got to know your content. Like, like Gin or Jin, he's he's um, a thief also. Yes. He's a thief mob. Um, Didn't consider so that. So you got to kind of take that into account. Like, you can, you can understand that the general item level of the content you're in is like 130, 140-ish, right? Because those are Roman bosses, 145 maybe. Um, but you also have to take into account the job they're on. So, like, if you're running into a thief mob, you're going to have kind of problems. You're also going to have problems if you run into, like, monk mobs like Koyu or Kyo, whatever, however you spell that, K-Y-O-U. We've been on that a couple times. We um, don't know. We'll just call them that. Yeah. No idea. I'm going to butcher it, guys. Uh, but if you're fighting that mob, that mob has a B-plus rated evasion for its level because it's a monk. So it's also going to be on the more evasive end, not necessarily that of a thief. But you just got to kind of keep those things in mind. Like, you can, you can understand the general requirements based on the level. But if you're not also factoring in the job or like specifics that he has put forth, like you're, you could be shooting yourself in the foot. Uh, like when I go, when I solo uh, again, I don't, um, I don't even try to use the TP bonus offhand on my ninja. Um, I use uh, usually it's Kokoku uh, Turnian Dagger plus one, or it's um, Heishi Turnian Dagger plus one. So I either use the Aeonic or the Relic, depending on if I need to make light or dark skill chains, because he'll randomly swap his resistance throughout the fight. And if anything, because we got to kind of end this really soon, this is getting yeah, way sorry. too long. No, no, don't say sorry. We're having we're, we're having a discussion here. I would say the most important the piece weeds, above all. I've not been saving this or anything. I just kind of was sitting here thinking about it while we're talking about this and everything just now. The most important thing overall is gear your character, your armor, everything else. I mean, we touched on job points. I, I if I was a blue mage, I go to a hundred JPs to get that extra tier. I mean, 1200 is really nice, but it's a lot of investment. Thief, you want to get 550 because you get the extra tier of dual wield. Every job depends. It's different. Don't spend tons of time, in my opinion, focusing on JP. It's really only important for a master trial or for an SU5 weapon. And yeah. most of those weapons are just uh, niche weapons at best. So, and SU4 is still really good, too. Yes, yeah, SU4 like, don't, don't... is well before that. So if you're a red mage, SU4 weapon, you're new. Absolutely a great choice. You don't need the SU-5, and you'll save a lot of gill, and you can focus on a lot of other armor. But the point I'm getting at is don't focus on ultimate weapons. Don't spend time making ultimate weapons as a new player. 
I would rather a player any day of the week, any scenario, there is no which way about this. A player who is not with an ultimate weapon, ambuscade weapon, don't even have it. I don't even care. A weapon before ambuscade was good. Let's say it's a, some sort of augmented Esha weapon. Something like that and good armor sets, whether it's Malignance, which you can solo at a certain point, you get to it where you can. Other different armor sets, swaps for TP, DT sets, whatever. I'd rather a player who has that. You don't even have to have the greatest grasp on what you're doing, but a player who is focused on their armor sets, why they've made them or have them, uh, and things like that, versus a player who goes, I have Fulagosi plus one, and I have an R15 weapon, I'm the greatest. I don't want to play with that player because they're going to die, and they're not going to contribute, and they're not going to know what's going on, they're not going to be able to adjust. And I'm sure Fox is about to agree with me in a second when I stop talking, but <laughs> don't make an ultimate weapon first. Above all, best advice you can get in this game, don't focus on the ultimate weapon. Focus on good weapons and better weapons and your gear. Don't focus on ultimate weapon. That comes once you are seasoned. There is no reason to rush into it. No reason at all. I've been reliable for most of my, my endgame content commitment in this game. Um, not because of like all the remas I have now, because I didn't always have them, or, or like all the crazy jobs I had now or whatever. Like like my, my first Rima <laughs> was um well, actually, it was Excal, but after Excal, it was Lionheart, and I can—I uh, almost never use Lionheart. In fact, I didn't use Lionheart over a tier for almost the entire time I played Rune. Like you—you you just don't need this stuff to be useful in a group. You just need to know what your role is to your group, and having flexibility is also super amazing to be able to be included in all content. Because if you go to all content, then you have exposure to all the content, all the—I'm oh, sorry—all the loot all the content has. So that's where I, I talk about like making yourself um, as available as possible, like when it comes to like what jobs and stuff you're on, um, which kind of, you know, muddies, muddies what we're talking about a little bit, but it's something you want to keep in mind. Uh, but he, he's right. I am going to agree with him. There, there's there's no reason that you need anything, anything Rima now, um, especially when Kaja weapons or the Tarit are is like such a, a good substitute and usable by so many jobs. Um, you could be on White Mage, and White Mage, you just need to make sure that you're reforging your your armor, and, and you're pretty much good to go. Um, a lot of those bonuses are, are really what the party's looking for. Don't think you need a Yagrush. I've seen plenty of non-Yagrush users actually do well. Um, stuff like that. Like, it, Just don't overblow the requirements, um, and just get to know people, so that way people know your playstyle, and they know that while you may not have the best gear, you can at least be relied on as a player that knows what they're doing, because you've experienced the content and are able to do so. Kind of a soapbox there, but no, I was just I was it being is, felt it was important to say I was being quiet because I was thinking about different things. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to say that. But you know, I'm <laughs> I'm sorry if we didn't do our episode that can't be encompassed within two weeks here of the greatest job ever. I'm sure everyone knows what it is, <laughs> and I'm sure everyone knows who it is. Um, what that would be attending, but this episode was impromptu as the last one was, which. I enjoyed the last one more, not going to lie. It was great. I enjoyed this one a lot too, but we didn't do everyone a great service by not having... I mean, we, we try to help, but we didn't do a great service by outlining this a little better. And there's a lot of different ways you can go with this. So if we didn't touch anything for anyone or we didn't do the greatest job answering anyone's particular burning questions they may have there, whatever they may be in your diary you keep next to your bed at night, uh, we, we're, you know? we're sorry. What were you saying, Fox? How'd you know I have one? 
Oh, uh, you know, it's the password My diary, Final isn't it? Diary. Oh, you speak into it, the password journal, right? Is yeah, that man. What's the password in the password journal? Uh, no, so mine's not it. hooked up to Google like yours is. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Hey, Google. From open your up, house? Open up the password journal. Latch pops open. There's probably a hit clips inside. Yeah, it's it's impossible for us to answer that stuff. Just uh, not only because this is kind of an impromptu one on the on the fly, because life happens. Sometimes we just have to roll with it and make a podcast based on something that we feel is beneficial. Um, but this is also really tough to tackle without particular questions. And the problem with that is that we can answer particular questions forever because it's the the, the path is like branching. The, the real answer to these questions is just trying to instill in you as much logic as possible towards approaching your job, knowing what your job needs to do, and then figuring out how your job needs to be geared from there. Like if you stop and like look at what your armor does, look at what your weapons do, um, you know, it'll do a lot more for you than like get going on and just like seeing a guide say, hey, eventually you need a mass immune, you know, in order to be a Sam. And sure, I guess, but I've done well with Doji. I, I don't know. Like, I, I well, don't really have Doji's very good. And it's, it, yeah, it is. And it, it's honestly, but depending yeah. on how you use it, just as good, if not better. And there are situations where Doji can be better. But I mean, people get lost in the whole absolutes things and napkin mats and infinite infinite mobs yep. HPs and, and, and spreadsheets, then they, they get lost in the whole soup here of, you don't need to know what's... I get these questions all the time, too, because I've done these job guides. I got asked the other day, I was trying to do something, and it's not that I mind... I'm not being bothered. I'm, it's not a bother when you people send messages. I'm cool with it. By the way, guys, send feedback, please, if we haven't said that again. Yeah. Uh, we like that. Or join the Discord and talk to us. Leave a YouTube comment. Leave a comment on Podbean... Um, anything like that. Uh, I get these questions all the time, whether it's Dragoon or Thief. Those would be the main two, because those are the gear guys I've done. They're not gear guys for blue or anything so much, or rune. I get like, hey, I, I got an augment from, from Oseem. Uh, I have this amount of decks, oh, no. this amount of attack, this amount of weapon skill damage. I'm making this. Uh, which which one should I choose between the augments? And I'm like, okay, uh, I would go with that one because of that. And I like a couple moments later, <laughs> I got another augment here. Which one should I like, dude? I'm a, I'm dude, I'm gonna push to talk, dude. Wait, the moment the moment you said augment, I knew where it was going, and I just started rolling. I, I get that augment question. Yeah, dude. People often. people ask about augments always. Yeah, don't get lost in it. If yes, you may be missing out on little bits of DPS here and there, but if someone's made a guide for you, follow it. If you don't know how to question it. Don't question it because you don't know what you're really asking. And I may not know the best, but I know just enough to try and read the tea leaves enough. I'm not the end-all be-all. I'm not an authority. I don't have those answers for you. Fox would be a better person to ask. Ask Fox. He has better math abilities <laughs> than I do. That's, oh, no. that's no lie. Ask Fox. He's the greatest at math. I am terrible at math. Whoa, but that's way too blown out of proportion. But yeah, I, I actually don't mind answering questions either. So I mean, he has that part right. But I'm worried I get things wrong too. I'm worried you're so, going to get to a point, Fox, of attention that you're not going to want to answer these questions. You're going to become a cynical, numb uh, misanthrope like I am. But the point is, don't worry about if six store TP is better than this amount of double tack. It's not a straightforward answer. It's never going to be straightforward. So stop asking us like a straightforward question. Don't worry about those things. Follow a general basis of things in this game, gearing, so on. Yes, you want to know what certain pieces of gear do, like the Gandring or something. Unique. Uh, unique weapons. Usually those are ultimate weapons or, or situ like ambuscade weapons. You want to know what those do. But in terms of gear, 
you're going to have a general idea of what to do or where. You know when you need to put DT on. You know when you want to evade magic attacks. You know what your weapon skill um, modifiers are because you typed in your weapon skill in the BG. You know Rudra Storm's dex. You know Mandalic Stab is strength. Don't ever use Mandalic Stab. You know Savage Blade is strength. <laughs> it's a terrible weapon skill. Don't use Mandalic Stab. Not even Mur can redeem it. <laughs> you know, I have to release oh. that episode tomorrow. I'm going to get those yeah. calls. If Mur listens to it, I'm get those calls. I said last episode, I'm going to get phone calls. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it. But yes, I, I don't a, remember why, but yeah. Oh, I said things like, um, you know, he's a leader in name. I don't want to repeat. Anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, okay. You remember. Um, yeah. It's a very long-winded way of saying don't get lost in unimportant things. Enjoy the game. Try to get better. If you have questions, ask them in good faith. Don't be defensive. If you're proven wrong or shown wrong or someone insults you, who cares? Just play the game. Okay? That's it. Play the game. Stop worrying about everything. Yeah, next time you take a look at something, like, think about it and how can I build around this piece rather than how does this piece build into, uh, fit into what I already have. Um, and it, it may seem counterintuitive to do that, but if you build around a piece that's really strong, um, you can have a really good result at the end of the day. Like, for example, um, I started doing a lot of stuff with the Sacro Breastplate uh, ever since I had gotten it way back. And it has paid dividends on like every job I have that can equip it because I've gone and built like so many different builds around this piece because it's so synergistic with a lot of the things that I do. Um, and that's just an example. Like I'm not saying like, hey, go find yourself a sacro breastplate. But if you find a piece that you really like, um, I, I just answered a bunch of questions for, for a ranger dude who likes uh, who likes his annihilator. Um, you build around the annihilator like you, you like you're bringing that to that content for a reason. So being able to identify that and being able to set up your gear in such a way that that you're maximizing what you have available, that is really the, the key. And that lets you do niche and cool things. And there's certain people who do happen to ring my phone up who get lost in certain pieces of gear. Like maybe they really think Vajra is a really cool dagger and they really like it a lot. But if you it's don't fine. build around, Vajra is a good dagger. I don't have qualms with Vajra. There's situations not to use it in. Not going to get here about it. It's not a thief episode yet. We will get to a thief <laughs> episode. But if you just grab a weapon and throw it into every set you use for every other weapon, you'd not justified spending and making that weapon because you are not optimizing for it and you have now dragged yourself down further than if you just used the weapon you already had. Certain people do that. Don't get lost in the weapon. You have to build around the weapon. Actually, I would like to thank you, man. Um, when I went... To uh, Thief to the Last Dynamis, I used a uh, Tarot Shijo, and I actually had a great experience on it. Yeah, it, it's it's really good. It's not the end-all be-all. If you're buffed up or not buffed up, there's better it's or worse though. things. But yeah, it is it is the happy medium that will never lead you wrong there, and it might be the best you have to offer based on what weapons you have at that point in gear. It it did perform better than my Aeneas did. Oh, it was going to because so you weren't buffed up that. enough for it. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. That's the um, but yeah, I just wanted to mention that. And I'm I'm someone who doesn't enjoy Thief either. But, you know, Ellis needed me to go Thief because people wanted RP on jobs where they would normally go Thief. So I'm like, hey, I'll do it. Um, and I think I held my own. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. I, I actually did. It was, on that it was, note. Uh, it was a more pleasant experience than I thought I'd have. On that note, this is our longest episode. And most of it didn't need to be this long. But I had a good time. Thank you, Fox. Yeah, man, thanks. And if anyone wants to send us an email at WTFNVonadeal at gmail.com, then you can do that. But reach out to us. We enjoy this. Uh, last episode, we talked about email we got from someone. Uh, it's been a week. I forget who it is. It was Mr. Chippy or something. It was something like that. 
I think it was Mr. Chip. Mr. Chippy. No, not Mr. Chip. Mr. Chippy. I'm going to have to look it up, but I'm not going to look it up right now. I don't got time. This is over. But just, we like talking <laughs> about those things. That was, that was terrible. I'm sorry. That was, whoever that person was, Mr. Chippy. I'm sorry. He's, he's probably just like weirdly aroused because he's talking to me in like the pitch black of his home. Like, it's probably a really, a really weird time. No, now the right light now, has so. finally turned off. I can turn the light back on, and it's not as bright as it should be, but oh, it's okay. back on. But while it was getting dimmer, I couldn't. It, it's, it's, it, and then the light eventually went out, but whatever. But anyway, yes, send us the feedback because we like talking to people and answering their questions or making that the basis of an episode or whatever, and that's fun. So thank you to everyone who listens. It's cool. Yeah, thanks a lot. And send me messages over Discord too. Um, just know, so I don't have to type every time, uh, that if you do ask me a question, um, I may forward it to Spicy and then bring it up in an episode if I think that it's going to be a benefit to people. Uh, so just know that um, if you want to stay anonymous, just say that, and that's fine. Um, but uh, the preferred way is to do an email, so that way I only have to answer the question once rather than twice. Uh, but yeah, just uh, just let us know. Uh, join the Discord, ask questions. There are other people on the Discord who will answer your questions too. Um, and we're more than happy to help as long as you know we, we feel like doing so. I know we had made some success and some headway here when you started getting messages from people and you had to relay them to me a couple times now. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I thought I was the guy here trying to swing the metaphorical bat and get the attention, quote unquote, and get all the people to send me stuff so I can go, hey, Fox, we got stuff. Here's Fair the stuff. Way. But nope, you're <laughs> you're, yeah. the, you're the fan favorite. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> Question mark. Put it in your diary. Yeah, we're done. Yep. Have a good time, guys. Thanks. See you next week. <laughs> Later.